Hello everybody and welcome to season 10 of Sequelizers. I am your host, Jack Chambers Ward, and joining me, it's Matthew Stogden. Whoa, 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 Jack. You can't outpitch me. My pitch will take your pitch, shove it in a metal tube, fill it with rats, then blowtorch it until the rats have no way to escape except eating their way through your pitch. I hate that line so much. I mean, great choice, Matthew, but fucking me. And speaking of rats in boiling hot tubes. Hello, it's Tim Mayton. <laughs> it's like my mother always said, if you want something done right, sequelize them yourself. I'm paraphrasing, but you get the idea. Christ. Uh, so this week is the episode we've been hyping up for the entire season. Mm. This is the one. Episode 10 of season 10. It's an executive producer pick. It is Paul Blart Mall Cop 2. This this is this marks us definitively moving beyond the initial pitch for the show, <laughs> which was bad sequels, sequels to, to good, good movies. Yeah. yeah. We can no longer claim that at we, all. We can't even scrape by with oh it was a mediocre first one. Oh it nope. was fine. No. Nah. no. Dog shit followed by some dog shit. Dog yeah. shit followed by somehow potentially worse. Some people prefer the second one. We'll get to that in a moment when we discuss this, because mm. I've been on a journey, and we will talk about this in a moment. <laughs> I, we, have, we have a lot to talk about. I am full of rage and vitriol and bile for these movies. I would, I would describe them as two turds with different consistencies. <laughs> <laughs> I know Emma once explained that there's like a t- medical turd scale of like, mm. you can be like a 3B or like a 3C or whatever, depending on like... yeah. There's there's a color scale and a like a consistency. Yeah, a turgidness, rigidity, solid, mm-hmm, solidness, mm-hmm. viscosity. So you can be like a oh, it's light but solid. It's this. It's a it's a one yeah. D or yeah. A, yeah, yeah. If it, if it if it has dehydrated and flakes part like corn on the cob kind of thing. Exactly. What the fuck is the this poor- conversation? <laughs> <laughs> the both of these movies are a big piece of shit. That's what. Uh, that's there what it is. <laughs> And like I said, the only reason we are doing this fucking movie, it wasn't even on the list. It wasn't on the it's list. It's so bad, it wasn't even on our master list of bad sequels until one of our executive producers on Patreon was like, hey guys, I want to torture you. <laughs> I specifically want you to do this terrible fucking movie because I enjoy your pain and suffering. And if you'd like to go to patreon.com slash sequelizers and maybe torture us in your own special way as well, you can do. Because you, you also get some nice stuff too. You get early access to the episodes. Mm-hmm. You get ad-free episodes. You get to vote on interseason stuff. You get to vote on main season stuff as well. We have a vote every interseason and every interseason that everyone on Patreon can join in and basically pick one of three choices for us to do. We're doing our interseason one at the moment ready for uh, the interseason coming up at the end of this. So we've got... Mm-hmm. This episode and two more, so 11 and 12 of season 10, and then we'll be on to some interseason goodness. Mm. That we were just discussing before, and I'm actually really excited about I think we've got some really cool ideas coming up. The, oh, definitely. The definitely. EPs, again, have got selections there, so the executive producers can also pick interseason episodes as well. All reasonable this time. Yeah, actually interesting, cool topics <laughs> and not painful, painful torture like this one is going to be. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, lots to look forward to. You also get exclusive merch, you get discounts on merch. And, as I said, if you go to the highest of the tiers, you can become an executive producer, just like these fine folks have done. Marcus Lindstrom. I always had mom. Oh, here's my paper. That is, until she got drilled by a milk truck. Didn't know they even had those anymore. Hmm. 
Jonathan Firth-Clark. I'm actually dating someone. Oh, please, ma'am. I practically invented the fake boyfriend thing. What? Listen, you have no bearing on my life whatsoever. Your lip is sweating. It's sweating. Stuart Main. Wow, that is the brownest banana I've ever seen. That's borderline black. I wouldn't eat that if I were you. That's... You're eating it. He's eating it. I'm gonna throw up a little bit, I think. I think that's poison. Josh van der Sluis. Chicken chow. Lame! Dad, people are looking. What happened to her, Maya? What happened to the pristine girl who could never tell a lie? What happened to my little George Washington? George Washington? He could never tell a lie. He was full truth in a powdered wig. Xenos. You are oblivious to the avalanche of insanity I'm about to unload. You don't know what I will do to you! Hyper Dude Man. You don't know what I'll do to you. I will spin around until I throw up on you and your friends. I simply don't care. James McDowell. I'll stick your face in maple syrup and make you sing gospel. How does that blow your hair back, Blart? Philip Morgan. I will crawl inside you and lay eggs like a baby spider. And the executive producer who has forced us at gunpoint to do poor Blart Mall Cop 2, Josh Miles. I welcome it! I've got two different colored eyes! So show how I live my life! Well, thank you, everybody, but not you, Josh. Yeah. How very rude of you to suggest that we do this bloody movie. Mm. But genuinely, thank you for your support for everyone on Patreon mm. and all the executive producers. You make these 12-episode seasons possible. You make the inter-seasons possible, the live streams possible, all that kind of stuff. Oh, and by the way, if you are listening to this on Patreon, we do have a live stream coming up as well. So, coming out tomorrow. It's happening. Go and check our social media. And if you're listening to this later on, you can go check our YouTube channel and catch up on the VOD as well. So no excuse to not go and watch it. Mm-hmm. It is our mega super duper tournament of champions to end all tournament of champions. Mm. All the best films of the best directors that we have voted for over the last so difficult. 16 or 18 months or so, give or take, because mm-hmm. there's been a few other ones in there as well. That's weird. Yeah. It's going to be real, real tough. Yeah. And yeah. We're, yeah. all, we're all kind of dreading it, but kind of looking forward to it. Yeah. 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 And there's be... also going to be some fun announcements in that yeah. as well. Yeah. Oh. Anniversary stuff. <laughs> Exciting things happening. Mm-hmm. We've got some, uh, yeah, some big announcements coming up. Pre- preparing for kind of capping off our 100th fix as we had with the Godzilla episode. A million listens slash downloads that we had a couple of weeks ago as well. Crazy. Mm-hmm. Ten seasons, a hundred fixes, a million downloads. Thank you, everybody, for making that possible. Yeah. And hopefully we'll, we will pay you back with cool announcements and cool merch and cool things coming up in the not-too-distant future. <laughs> and and now, to celebrate all of that, Paul Blart Mall Cop 2. <sighs> yeah, it's like, would you like this amazing dessert we've been preparing for you? That sounds fantastic. We've all made it together. It's been a nice celebratory experience. What a wonderful experience. Oh, hang on quickly. i just got to go shit a fist. But, but <laughs> first... Eat this shit sandwich. <laughs> oh, fuck's sake. Uh, so, um, Tim, let's start off with you. Mm. What has been your experience, your history with the Paul Blart Mall Cop franchise? I studiously avoided them until Josh Miles forced me to watch them. Me too. Like some kind <laughs> of weird... Like, this is the closest we have to doing, like, an OnlyFans channel where someone's, like, paying to see out see their sick fantasies played out. Feet, no faces. Exactly, yeah. Uh, um, of course you know the lingo, you fucking deviant. I don't know if it's lingo or not. <laughs> Feet, no faces, chicken bucket only. <laughs> put, put shoe on head. Shoe on head. Um, that's a little too close to home because that's what we did on the first live stream. Yeah. Put the cat bus on your head, Matt. Yeah. 
Oh, God damn it. Um, yeah, so I watched them both for the first time about a week ago. Did you back-to-back them? Yeah, pretty oh. much. Yeah, so did I. Yeah. <laughs> and, um, and yeah, now I'm still having the nightmares. Mm-hmm. Matt, <laughs> so, admit your shame. So, Which of these did you see in the cinema? Don't you dare, Matthew. <sighs> Don't you dare. It's more than one of them, and the more, more. I'm loading my fists like Henry Cavill in Mission Impossible. <laughs> so here's the thing. Um, I saw Paul Blart Mall Cop in the cinema. Shame on you. That's, Shame uh, on it's you. It's fair. It's fair. Nothing I know we say this a lot. <laughs> Matt watches a lot of shit. I do. You have the I'll give something a chance mentality. I do. When it comes to the bad sequels. You often like yes. so using like the Atlantis episode or mm-hmm. basically every episode we've ever done. You mm. have also seen the bad sequel, not necessarily always in the cinema. Some of them are straight to DVD. Yep, but you have that kind of like, ah, oh, the second one might have been good, or like even after two bad ones, maybe the third one will be good or something like that. Mm. You give films far too much leeway and credit, in my opinion. True. There is no excuse <laughs> for seeing the first one, let alone. The second one. I'll tell thee for why, lad. Mm. So I didn't see the second one in the cinema. Thank fucking Christ for that. I don't remember why, other than I might have just missed it going on. It might be other things in 2015 or whatever it was. The correct answer is because I didn't want to. (laughs) It's one of the worst films ever committed to cinema. I was busy. I might have been on my honeymoon. Anyway, point is that um, I did see it on DVD. No, it might have been streaming. But anyway, I saw it uh, uh, by volition. Uh, the first one, um, the came own... out in two thousand and nine. By the way, exactly. The only reason I saw the first one, um, because you're a big Kevin James fan. No, but yeah, no, because I'd seen some of King of Queens, and I thought oh. some of this is tolerable. This is a thing. Kevin James could work, and it was done by Happy Madison, the production mm-hmm. company. I thought that's Adam Sandler's thing. Obviously, he's paying he's... for his mates to make films. But he's <laughs> basically kept Kevin James employed for the last Pretty twenty years. Much. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and I thought I'll give it a go. Uh, I also saw Ob- Observe and Report, which we'll talk about later. Mm. Um, yes, which came out within a month. Yep. Of Paul Blart one. So that shit in the cinema too. Christ, I think I reviewed Matthew. both these films. I'm not sure. Either way, per- the point is that. Um, in a very strange way, I probably enjoyed Paul Blart more than Observe and Report because Observe and Report is so rapey. It, yeah, it takes itself real dark yeah. places, which but is But Paul weird. Blart is not a good film or an entertaining experience. Agreed. It is a nothing film. Mm. Having said that, Uh-oh. I have... And this is, this is going to stoke the flames for Jack a little bit. Oh, here. I hate this, man. I have seen so many films of this ilk, this 2000s and middle America, like, you know, inoffensive... M- most of the stuff that comes out of Happy Madison. Pr- well, to be fair, exactly, yes. Uh, uh, the, the now I won't pronounce you Chuck and Larry's... Yeah. Which is actively James. fucking hateful. Horrible, yeah. hateful film. Yeah. Um, Grown Ups uh, 1 and 2, not yeah. necessarily as hateful, just shit. Yeah. Um, just, just this really meh film. Yeah. That these somehow do incredibly well for no fucking reason, mm-hmm. other than uh, a lot of dumb bastards laughing. All, all the shit that Adam Sandler does, eighty-five percent of the time, mm. and then there's about seven percent where he actually does a good comedy, mm-hmm. and about seven percent where 
a filmmaker will come along and go, actually, I'm going to put you in Uncut Gems and you're going to be amazing. Yeah. Uncut Gems are a punch drunk love and you're like, yeah. holy shit, Sandler can act. Mm-hmm. You're like, yeah, but he doesn't want to. Yeah. <laughs> he wants- only, it's only when we force him to. Yeah. For the fuck's sake, but yes, you're entirely correct. So I gave it the time of day, but I've seen so many other similar films that it didn't offend me as much as I thought it was going to. It's like it's literally fine, and also it's not like monstrously offensively shot like *Son of the Mask*, which is so painfully, terribly shot. Mm -hmm. It's functional how it's done. It's also um, not hideously offensive in its humor because it's just so very forgettable. It's just very eh. It doesn't really yeah, do anything. It's not it's humor. actively racist. It's kind of creepy. It's offensive and yeah. Creepy, there's it's not there's, like there's some. I mean, the the there's some I saw worse. misogyny in there, but it's yeah. not over particularly overt misogyny. Yeah, we're not excusing uh, it, but we're saying that it's yeah, not could be worse. Remarkably little like male gaze. Apart or, from that bit where he scooches back and forth on the segue, gazing at a woman. Yes. Yeah. Very literally. Yeah. That's true. Yeah. So, but basically, this film, we've been hyping it. We're right. We're, mm. We shouldn't be here. We shouldn't be doing this thing. I'm going to say this right now. Teaser, spoiler, whatever you want to call it. Next week's episode is worse. So I haven't seen next week's episode yet. Worse. Next week's film, bad sequel. Mm. Yeah. We are doing a commentary for that episode. Yep. And I haven't seen this movie. I'm going to watch it for the first time. Mm-hmm. And this is a film coming up next week. That you two have both warned me about. Yep. Mm-hmm. My wife has warned me about. Mm-hmm. And multiple podcasts have said it is the worst film they've ever seen in their entire life. There we go. Mm-hmm. So I don't know how I can hate something more than Paul Blart. That's the key Mall thing Cobb here. Too, but but you will. You, you will. I do. But that being said, this is why this is so interesting. Because when we start doing the usual thing where we discuss how this works and how we, what we've seen mm. and we'll get to Jack, how Jack's seen this. We just established for this a couple of days ago, right? Or whatever it was, months. I'll get into it. Yeah, there we go. So that sort of thing. Arguably, I think Paul Blart 1 and Paul Blart 2 are pretty much the same thing. I don't think one is necessarily too much worse than the other in terms of the fact that they are both cack. I, I think Paul Blart 2 is worse. I agree. But... I don't think there's that much distance between them. Fair. I think Paul Blart 2 is more incompetently made. They neither of them are funny. That's true. I don't think I I don't think I had anything <laughs> close well to resembling a laugh. Uh oh no, there there was one in Paul Blart 1 where I was like that's not a terrible line, it's just delivered poorly. Oh yeah. Paul Blart 2 nothing even close to a laugh. But yeah. Tim, the emu. You see a man fight a bird for like a family guy joke for, like for a while? Six yeah. minutes? I, I, will, I will say, I it, it was so good they put it in the trailer. The only I did genuinely, I mean, went on far too long, but just in a brief moment of, there's an emu fight, we'll get to it. We'll get to synopses and stuff, mm, don't yeah. you? Yeah. You've got and, all that to look forward to. Yeah. Folks. And then he literally turns to the, the, the pianist and says, mm. somehow you were, thanks for helping out. The usual mm. joke. But the best part is that is the pianist. Does the smile was like yes, yeah. He, he does exactly That's the, the smile only thing that a guy playing a piano in like a bar or a fancy yeah. like hotel yeah. uh, recept lobby kind of thing does, which is the just kind of like smile and I acknowledge and maybe you'll stick a tip in my little yeah glass little jar yeah. thing. That that's the only thing I was like, eh. but I yeah. didn't, like audibly chuckle. I was like, that's a thing that they, I can they see make it funny worse by having him go at the end of it like you couldn't do anything or whatever it is he says. If he'd have, if he'd have just left and the guy had just kept on smiling and nodding, yep, that would have been funnier. 
this these films actively ruin the things that could potentially be jokes. Yeah. Like, yeah. By quite rightly comparing it to Family Guy there, of drawing them out for like a minute so at a time or Paul Blart, the character, describing the thing that's happening on screen that could have been funny, potentially, mm. but it was poorly executed and then explained in detail. And you're like, yeah. why? There's a lot... This is the, the, the problem with this kind of comedy. Quote-unquote. Quote-unquote quote, comedy. <laughs> is that not only is it bad, but it also thinks... Th- it looks down on its audience so much. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like all of these films of this kind of your grown ups and your th- these kind of films have so much disdain for their audience. Yep. Because th- we we mentioned talked about this a little earlier, possibly off uh, mic or possibly in the outtakes of like is is Kevin James actually funny? And I would imagine that I I think that if you met him in real life. And he was trying to be funny. And I don't know. I have never seen any of his stand-up. I presume that oh. is his background. Uh, yeah, mm, sort of. Yeah, yeah, he, yeah. he started but off as a stand-up. I know, I know, yeah. Ago. But I he would imagine that quickly. <laughs> if he... I, th- I feel like him and there's so many other comedians like him, so much of their career is shot through with just thinking that their audience are dumb yep. and thinking that they are better than them. And, and I think that if he was not looking down at his audience... Potentially, he could be a perfectly serviceable comedian. But because it all has that arrogance and that disdain in it, and that feeling of like, well, we're going to put this joke in, but then I guess we'll have, we'll have to explain Wait, it for the dum-dums. Yes. And it's like, no, you're not doing... You're not fucking David Lynch here. Like, nothing, <laughs> nothing you are doing Spoiler, is... Spoilers for my pitch. <laughs> David Lynch is Paul Blart he's, too. He's not as hateful as Jamie Kennedy. No. But oh. that's not much of a bar. No, Oof. but it's like you are not doing anything that is in any way obtuse or clever. You do not need to explain these jokes or really, or really like hammer home the punchlines to them. Mm. So Jamie Kennedy is an interesting comparison. Jamie Kennedy thinks he is legitimately funny. He is a former stand-up and a former improv comedian, specifically and rap artist and rap art and <laughs> current, current active rap artist and podcaster who has consciously said me and my team from his bullshit mm. show in the 90s used to punch up the oh, scripts yes. and things, including Son of the Mask, hello, the worst <laughs> film we've ever seen that I think Paul Black Morkop 2 knocks on the door of and is like, hello, Son of the Mask, this is one of the worst <laughs> films ever made. I can't, I'm, I'm torn on Kevin James in that I totally agree with you that he has this disdain for his audience. And by the way, he writes these fucking movies as well. Yeah. He's one of the screenwriters for both of these films. Yeah. yeah. And even if he wasn't, it's the kind of film where they're clearly just going like, I'll just throw in some joke, like, oh yeah, that would be fun. Do a segue and then yeah. uh, just fall over or whatever. Yeah. And yep. say like, oh, I hurt my body or something. Just do a few grunts. <laughs> he makes so much noise as he moves. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Oh. <laughs> This, oh, Jack Black does so it important. and he gets all these big jobs so it mm. must be the same thing right no, no. Um, the other thing is is it is it a glimpse into Kevin James's deep Catholic self-loathing because <laughs> he's diehard Catholic well that's he is. so much of it is at his ex- like Paul Blart kind of goes from being this untouchable action hero to being the most pathetic disgusting, pointless human being in existence. <laughs> and Kevin James is essentially Paul Blart. 
for all intents and purposes. He's writing this about himself. And yeah. he goes from like, obviously, both of these films are basically diehard. They're diehard ripoffs. Mm. Yes. First one especially. But he goes from being like, oh yeah, he can fight off dudes. Dude shoot at him all the time in the first film. It doesn't take a fucking mm. bullet. Defeats baddies in like 10 seconds with basically mm. no skill whatsoever. And then j- cannot function as a human being on the most basic of levels. Mm. And then he's just a big fat guy that falls over. There, and- there is this... There is this saturation of self-loathing in there that makes me deeply uncomfortable. Yeah, because it's like, there's so much like fat-based humour in this that is basically just like, look at the fat man, t- try and be athletic. Mm-hmm. And um, he is a fat guy. And yeah, like, it's not, this isn't Norbert. He's not wearing a fat suit. That's exactly And it. it's like, yeah. yep, you finish this film and then that, you are in your body. Like, that is, <laughs> that is who you are. Like... Do you not? Do you not think you are worthy of love? Right. Like, especially right? based on where where the it go- goes. Yeah, where yeah. it goes from one to two. Like, the, I I agree with you. I feel like there is such a weird psychosis of like wants to be praised, but also doesn't think he. Do- it, yeah, you could taking like a psychological profile on these films would be a very rich vein. Um, I'm not saying yeah. I have, but I have a little bit. Mm. Well, it's, it's an interesting point because, I mean, again, big New York Catholic dude and King of Queens kind of nails it because he's a character he sort of started playing on Everybody Does Raymond yep. and then got his own sort of spin on. He basically mm. plays the same character everywhere, but yes, he's yeah. also called Kevin. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, called Doug. What's the character? Oh no, there's he, a show he did recently called Show he did recently Kevin where he yes. yes, again, basically the same yeah. character. Yeah, but that was Kevin. about a blue collar postal worker mm-hmm. who just tries to get by, kind of like John Goodman and Roseanne Barr kind of sort of situation. But at the same time, it's like I got this wife and she's great, everything's fine. This guy's a nag. My father's annoying, but you know it's okay. Uh, yeah, I've got my job. Everything's all right. Mm-hmm. It's okay. It's it's fine. It's fine. It's like. And it's like, the thing, he can't do normal shit. He can't function, take, pay his bills. But you know what? There's something special about him. And that's basically all his character roles, all his mm-hmm. things, all the same stuff. It's just like, ah, the pitiable, pitiable poor fucking fat dude. It's, yeah, but it's, also, he's actually really good at stuff. It's classic, sure. like, mediocre white guy. It's Homer with, Simpson. It's Peter Griffin. Yeah, yeah there it is. Yeah, it's John Goodman. Like, yeah. 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 And, uh, are you, so, because... Hmm. Uh, Patton Oswalt was also in King of Queens. He was, uh, yes. At least for some of it. Are you familiar with the prank that he did? I don't think I am. Where there is a like a cold open of one of the episodes where he realised his character didn't have any lines in it. And so he just stood perfectly still oh, yes. while they're filming <laughs> it. And you can just see him in it's it's I think it's uh, it's Kevin James's character's like birthday and he's getting presents. Um and yeah, Patton Oswalt has just stood there, like stock still, staring blankly ahead, like thousand yard stare. Um, and then you could even to the point where like the the show like moves into the kitchen and it's the wife talking to someone else, and you occasionally see him through like the serving hatch <laughs> in the kitchen, just still stood there. So there's a fun, there's a funny overweight guy, Patton Oswalt. Oswalt. Yeah, and he L- gets legit it. Legit funny. Yeah, but I would say there is one Kevin James. Uh-oh. Uh, <laughs> no, one one Kevin James experience I do like. As it here comes the boom. here comes the boom, everybody. <laughs> here comes the boom. <laughs> where Great. he's a teacher turned UFC fighter, and I don't mean MMA fighter. I mean UFC fighter because it was endorsed by the UFC. Because <laughs> Kevin James is friends with the king of podcasts, 
Joe Rogan. Oh, Joe Rogan fucking is, is in Zookeeper, and here comes yeah. the boom. Or, as I say, if you want a serious version of that, it's called the film Warrior. Yes, where Joel Edgerton plays a warrior. teacher. Yeah. Imagine Joel Edgerton is fat <laughs> and useless. Yeah. Oh, he's oh. so entrenched in like the UFC world. Mm. Right? Even in the first Paul Blart movie, the drill instructor at the very beginning of the thing mm-hmm. is MMA legend Baz Rutten, the Dutch kickboxer. And I was like, the fu- oh yeah, he's a huge UFC yeah. guy. Kevin James is famous for being in the crowd of every single UFC event, like ever, basically. Yeah. And it does the whole thing. It'll cut to him and he'll do like the hold the fist up and the whole classic, like, yeah, I love men punching each other and I'm stuff. I'm here to see some punching. Yeah. I'm a pathetic schlob, but these guys are in good shape or whatever. It's like, I mean, oh. What's weird is that he is quite, for lack of a better word, acrobatic in his films. We'll get to that in a second. Yeah. But the films that he does his stuff best in Mm-mm. is Hotel Transylvania. Oh, right. I, when he's not he on plays screen. Frankenstein and yeah. he's all right. Those films are literally fine because he's not a fat guy bouncing about. Actually, and... that's exactly what that Frankenstein is. He's yeah, a but, big fat guy bouncing around. But, no, but he's not doing it on camera. He's probably doing a sound booth. So they can animate. <laughs> they can, yeah, probably yeah. The ADR is him just actually falling over and <laughs> <laughs> making Fire all back. of his grunting noises. Uh, there, there, there is there is a wonderful visual. It, I'm just, just talking about Hotel Transylvania now. Um, do we just do that instead? I would. I would like to. I'll keep it. my pitch. Yeah. And just yes. Make it work. Just change the name from <laughs> Find Paul replace Paul to, Blunt to Frankenstein. Frankenstein. <laughs> Frankenstein's on his segue. Um, but no, it's, it's the classic. Like, just don't go to the village because you know fire. And then he pauses and turns to look away and says, "Fire bad." And it's the kind of shitty Kevin James delivery, but it works really well in the situation. So it's like, ah, here is a time when you actually work. But anyway, this is not because it's Paul Blart, and um, it's it's a weird. Yeah nonsense that goes on too long yeah so i went on a journey with these movies yeah tell us about your journey i've hyped this up a bit and i think it will live up to expectations i obviously did not fucking see them because i'm not an idiot like matthew stockton hey i'm not a sadist like matthew stockton this is me at my most masochistic it is it is um i did however i i did a me yeah. And delved as deep as I could. Oh God! Became a more cop. <laughs> <laughs> I've been working. Watch- I've watched- been working at Chantry Place here in Norwich for about six months now. <laughs> He's watched all of King of Queens. <laughs> not fucking not, not quite that far, but not far off. Um, so like I said, I watched these. I think it was back to back, give or take. Mm. But I'd heard of a few things in like pop culture around these movies. And Tim, you've almost certainly heard of this. There is a podcast. Oh, yes. Matt, you might have heard of this. Where every American Thanksgiving. Oh, yeah, Tim mentioned this to me. Yes. yes, yeah, yeah. A group of podcasters, including the famous McElroy brothers and two Kiwi blokes called Tim and Guy, who do another podcast where they, funnily enough, watch a terrible film every week for a year straight. Some really fucking bad movies that they watch. Every American Thanksgiving since 2015, they gather together and watch Paul Blart Mall Cop 2. Mm-hmm. And it's called Till Death Do Us Blart. And the, the premise is that if any of them die, they have to be replaced so that the show can keep going. And they nominate their replacements. And Tim, one of the hosts, nominated Kevin James. Yes. <laughs> 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 they were like, oh yeah, like my daughter will do it. And she's six at the moment. And I was like, oh God, okay. 
I nominate Kevin James. You're like, oh, yeah. fucking hell, okay. <laughs> yeah. Um, but otherwise, they are doing it in perpetuity once a year, every year yes. for the rest of their lives. For the rest of their lives. Till death do they blunt. Yes. I binge listened to all seven episodes of Till Death Do Us <laughs> Bloody Blunt. Bloody hell. Uh, over the course of two days. So, like, a full working day mm. of Till Death Do Us Blunt and then another full day of Till Death Do Us Blunt. I took it a step further. <laughs> so, there is a, again, now infamous discussion that Griffin McElroy has in one of the episodes of Till Death Do Us Blunt. Right. Where, and I'm not kidding here, <laughs> he watched Paul Blart Mall Cop 2 whilst listening to Dark Side of the Moon. <laughs> okay. In a Dark Side of the Rainbow style. Yeah, yeah. Of course. Blart Side of the Mall. Yeah. I have Blart Sided of the Mall. Oh my God. Jesus, Jack, <laughs> what the fuck, man? So does that mean you've watched it twice? I have watched it twice. You so, poor, poor uh, man. I haven't watched it twice, Jack. <laughs> I've only watched it once. To be fair. You are the fool. The second time, I wasn't listening to it. I was listening to Pink Floyd, and I like Pink Floyd. You make all the excuses you want, <laughs> fool boy. <laughs> so yeah, I am one of the, I guess, handful of people, including the Till Death to Us Blart hosts, yeah. who have seen this film multiple times now. And my God, is the second viewing experience with Dark Side of the Moon a billion times better <laughs> oh, well, yeah. than the yeah. first one. because. And I know Griffin goes through and, and talks about all the moments that sync up incredibly <laughs> well. It is, uh, I'll put a link in the show notes. There is a YouTube video that is the super cut of all the times Griffin talks about it, yeah. including the clips from the film edited <laughs> with the bits of Dark Side over the top of it. Mm -hmm. yeah. it's, Griffin describes it as a religious experience. I'm not a religious man, but fuck me if Griffin McElroy is not correct. Because it was, Emma didn't believe me, first of all. In classic style, I was like, oh, I'm going to watch a sequelizer's movie. Do you want to join me? 99.9% .9 of the time, she says no. Mm -hmm. I showed her the DVD cover and she went, fuck no. Yeah. I was like, okay, that she, was the first one. This, this time, she asked for an annulment. <laughs> Pretty much, yeah. So, yeah, I watched that. And then I had Dark Side on my headphones and Paul Blart 2 on my TV on <laughs> mute. And mm. synced up the DVD and my Spotify to like work at the same time. Mm -hmm. And my God, there are there are multiple moments where Griffin describes it as it, it has to have been done on purpose. And <laughs> it's transcendent like, moment of like is this that is not, yeah, yeah yeah. Um, and I went a step further than that as well. Not necessarily me personally. I watched it a third time. <laughs> <laughs> no, absolutely not. Um, I looked at the there's a YouTube video by um Jackson from No Nerds Allowed that talks about the history of syncing up films to Darkseid. Okay. And how people have done it with multiple films. The Shining is a really good example. Obviously, The Wizard yes. of Oz is kind of the origins mm -hmm. of this sort of thing. And it has now become infamous to do it with mm. Paul Blart too. And he actually came up with a scale and a calculation of which films sync up best with Dark Side of the Moon. Okay. Um, called the Floyd Quotient, which is the <laughs> Great. number of times it syncs up. And he had a few different categories. Mm -hmm. Divided by the runtime in minutes of the film. So you get a synchronous moments divided by minutes, basically. Okay. Um, and the six films he tested were The Wizard of Oz, mm -hmm. Paul Blart Mall Cop 2, Shrek, The Godfather, Avengers Infinity War, and The Shining. Okay. He wanted to do a, a wide-reaching 
Yeah, of course. Yeah, variety of kind genres, of variety of genres, variety of lengths as well. Decades, with yeah. the Godfather being three hours long. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. So what happened? Do you just put loop it, it on loop? Or? Yes. So right. You have to do. You have to do that slightly for Paul Blart as well because mm. uh, it's like forty something minutes long. Yeah. Dark Side. So it's like two and a smidge. Yeah. Long. So you get like so. For example, the two moments for me where I was like, "Fuck off." <laughs> Uh, mm-hmm. we'll get to the synopsis in a moment. This won't make sense yet. Mm. There's a bit where you're looking at all like the tech and the convention and stuff. Yeah, money kicks in, <laughs> and mm. then and then again when they're suiting up with all the tech and the guns and stuff for yeah. the final battle, money kicks in again. Yeah. <laughs> and the 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 way Griffin describes it is the frame, the frame. <laughs> That the mom is killed by the milk truck. <laughs> the lyrics for breathe kick in. So it goes, splat, breathe, breathe in the air. It's like, it's amazing. Like, David Gilmore's vocals soar across as you see poor Margaret Blart get splatted by a milk truck. And, and there's just these, like, transcendent, incredible moments mm-hmm. that not even that could make me enjoy these movies. Mm-hmm. I can't overstate how much I despise these fucking movies. And I dread to think what I'm going to experience next week. But, mm. yeah. That was the length I wanted to go to. The reason I did this, by the way, this was not my original plan. I had listened to the Till Death Do Us plot ahead of time. Sure. We delayed this episode. I was unwell last week. We were planning to record it a few days earlier, oh, yeah. which gave me some extra time. And mm. I thought, fuck it. I've got a couple <laughs> of extra days. My pitch is done. I've already done all my research and stuff. Mm-hmm. Didn't want to live a normal life. Didn't want to live a normal else. life. No. Just wanted to... You chose well, violence. Jack, 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 who famously doesn't like re-watching films, mm. does it so rarely. So that occurred to me as well. This is probably one of like, I don't know, 50 films I've seen more than once now. <laughs> Nobody made him do this. <laughs> the McElroy brothers made me do it. <laughs> I'm going to say it again. Nobody <laughs> made... In the same way in that this way, points out how I do these In things. a way... Josh Miles. In a way, you're, yes, you're responsible yeah, for this. That's true. This is entirely your fault. Mm. Look what you made me do, Josh. I <laughs> am what you yeah, made this me. This is the monster you've created, Josh. Uh, Prepare for Angry Jack throughout the synopses. Speaking of which, yeah, we I'm, need to. I'm, I'm not gonna be I'm not gonna be able to hold Untethered. Back. Yes. Okay. But yes. Just to, for context. Yes. I have experienced Black Side of the Mall. Uh, as I said, link Would in the show you notes. recommend it? Absolutely not. Watch the clips that I will put in the show notes. Great. Okay. Don't bother with the whole thing. It's, okay. it's not worth your time. You get it in 10 minutes instead of an hour and a half. So. That's, that sounds reasonable, actually. Yes. Yeah. And you get the commentary from the... I, I showed yeah, my wife the, some clips and she was already guys. like, what the fuck is this? Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> let's get into some synopsis, shall we? So people actually have context for this nonsense I've been spewing for the last 10 minutes. Mm-hmm. Sure, yeah. Synop- some sort of context. <laughs> Good right. luck, Tim. So, Paul Blart, Mooncop, the first, 2009. <laughs> Paul Blart lives in West Orange, New Jersey, with his teenage daughter, Maya, and his mother. <laughs> you have to keep laughing at some point, because there's no cue when the jokes are. Yeah, she's called, called Margaret. You just have to assume they're funny. Blart works as a security guard at the West Orange Pavilion Mall, and aspires to be a police officer, but fails to qualify for the academy due to his hypoglycemia. He's diabetic. <laughs> Sorry, I'll stop there. He's diabetic and maybe narcoleptic. He basically they just they use the out. phrase hypoglycemia, which is the thing. Mm. It's totally a thing. It's a symptom. Like, like 99% <laughs> of the time, from what I understand. Yeah. And my sister is uh, head of communications and research at Diabetes UK. I checked. 
it, like 90 something percent of cases of hypoglycemia are for diabetic people yeah the mm-hmm. fact that he has recurring episodes of hypoglycemia basically guarantees he is diabetic mm-hmm. they never say that word once and refer to it exclusively as hypoglycemia mm. which drives me fucking mental well it's because diabetes is sad and has and actual we... consequences yeah. in real life yes. and we want yeah. to laugh at the fat man yes and he collapses in a way that is very funny quote unquote yeah mm. Try, tries to be funny mm. rather than the actual like oh you'd bang your head on the concrete and die yeah. kind of thing that actually mm-hmm. happens to people with the experience hyperglycemic episodes yeah he just has like a bit of a sleep sometimes for some reason yes which is narcolepsy not like you can get really tired from it and pass out don't get me wrong mm. yeah of course but you don't just like drop to the floor like a sack of shit yeah like Paul fucking Blanton does <laughs> anyway I'm going to jump in a lot. I apologize in mm-hmm. advance. No, it's, no. That's, I'm going to mostly stay quiet for that reason. <laughs> Otherwise, we'll be this here for the a Jack while. <laughs> Blart travels to work, killing a dog with his Segway. Pretty he, much one of the first things we see him do. What an evil man. Yeah, and what an objectively uh, evil person. Yes. And he just goes uh, and just yeah. shrugs it off. Cinema shorthand for how do you introduce a bastard is being yeah. cruel to animals. Yeah. Right? There it is. They yep. play it for laughs. He is our hero. Yeah. Ooh. He's like, oh, it's running alongside and running alongside. And it like crunches under the wheels. And you're like, oh. And that's, yeah. that's dead. Doesn't stop. Doesn't, you know. Doesn't stop and like nurse it back to health or. Nope. Nope. Chain aside. Yep. Oh, well. Kill the dog. That's yep. another dog dead, I guess, says yep. Kevin. J- I mean, Paul Blunt. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. Travels to work before using the mall security cameras to spy on Amy Anderson, a vendor at one of the kiosks in a creepy. He's super. He's a super creep. He's a su- Yeah. Yep. Uh, Blart is appointed to train Vec Sims. What a name. Yeah. I hate who, the names of this who, fucking who thing. Who fucking picked that? Uh, a new security guard and demonstrates how to accost and intimidate shoppers while continuing to creep on Amy. Yeah, he scoots back and forth on yeah. a segue, staring at her, and she catches him looking a couple of times, and he just keeps scooting back and forth yeah. and back and forth. He also, creep. he also tells off a person in a mobility scooter for speeding. Yes. And then they speed away, dragging him along next to them. Yes. Fat man, funny. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, Amy invites him to drinks with several of the other mall employees. However, after taking part in a nacho eating contest... Because he's fat. The normally teetotal Blart drinks two margaritas to fight the spiciness, then continues to get drunk, sexually harasses Amy, and falls through a window. I... That sequence is so fucked up. It's, hate it, this. This was... This was probably my least favourite part of the first film. I would agree. There's a lot to hate. Yes. But the way it's doing the whole family-friendly thing of having him be a teetotal character. Mm-hmm. And as we know on this show, Matt, you were teetotal yourself. Hey. I was teetotal for the first like 22 years of my life. Mm-hmm. But no issue with people being teetotal. Mm. The way this does it, makes it seem like drinking is objectively terrible and if you have a margarita, you turn into a sex pest. Yes. Yeah. You Except lose all possible control and responsibility. Yes. Yeah. It's I like mean, he's th- gone off and done crack. That is partly why I don't drink. But, <laughs> but that being said, at your wedding, for example, the run-up to it, everyone was drinking little whiskeys and having a little sample. I had to say, it's, it's nice. It's a nice oaky taste to it. So I can still sample. I don't go, oh no, I have consumed alcohol. I'm now have the fucking incredible saying, Hulk. I don't drink. I don't drink. Mm. I don't drink. As if that's some like fucking moral high ground thing. Mm. I think it's, again, 
it's a superiority thing. It's the whole yeah. It's like well, it's think, everyone has a beer. What about your beer? Uh, I don't drink. It's, like, uh, okay, great. it's more. I think it's more him trying to say like, oh, I don't normally drink, so this had a bad effect on me. That's what the character mm. is saying. I totally yes. agree. With yeah. What I took from it is that it is. I wonder if Kevin James drinks in real life. Right, yes. And he is genuinely being like, oh, yeah, I used to enjoy beers with the boys, but now I don't because... Yeah, I think yeah, the character I've never seen him has always been like beers with the boys, kind of like cracking up at a cold one kind of character. Yeah. Mm. But uh, maybe... Maybe not. I don't yeah. know. It, can't, it stinks of like... It's subtext bullshit. Yeah. So I feel like it's either that... Family-friendly American subtext. Or Kevin James does drink and he's mocking the kind of... because. In this, Paul Blart is quite straight-laced. He's a very rules-obeying, mm. you know, he's almost kind of like Dwight from The Office type thing of, like, taking himself too seriously. Yes. Yeah. Uh, and I wonder if he's sort of trying to mock people in that capacity. Yeah, he's, anyway, it's a... He's it's mocking a, somebody It's way. a fucking terrible sequence that makes me uncomfortable when I watched it. Ag- agreed. It goes from potential sex pest to active sex pest. Yes. On the night of Black Friday, a group of armed thieves slash extreme sports enthusiasts infiltrate the mall. What the <laughs> fuck yes. are these criminals? Each one of them has a specific X game that they are good at. Well, no, they're not that clever. There's like there's three or four th- different yes. X games, yeah, yeah. and they tend to operate in There's pairs. Two BMXs, two skaters, yes. and two rollerbladers, or whatever the fuck and, it is. And some parkour. And a parkour people. Yeah. For no reason. It's so... Absolutely no reason. It is so the Foot Clan from the Teenage yes. Mutant Ninja yeah. Turtles film, but in 2009. And they're t- sort of taking it seriously. Like, that bit isn't played for laughs. Yeah. The, por- the parkour is shot like it's impressive parkour. Yep. Not like, the fuck are these guys doing? It's, oh my God, they're scary. They can do parkour. Like, yeah. It, it was 2009. <laughs> and parkour hadn't been cool in a while, but was brought back by Bond, sort of. Yes. But that was cool parkour. <laughs> and that's the thing. This thinks it is. Exactly. Oh. Yeah. Mm. Uh, Blart, who is playing video games in the arcade, is oblivious as the thieves evacuate most of the customers from the mall. What's he playing and doing, Tim? Guitar Hero. Guitar Hero to Detroit Rock City by Kiss. Yes. Because Kevin James loves Kiss. Yeah. yeah. That comes back in the second film, too. Yep, it does. Uh, They set booby traps at the entrances and take Amy and others hostage in the bank, where Vec is revealed to be the leader of the thieves. Oh, no. Who would have guessed? Well, no. Those those traps are decidedly inconsistent. Sometimes they go off and, like, scare SWAT team members. Yes. And then sometimes, uh, as we'll get into in a second, his daughter shows up and they go off and then nothing happens. And it's fine. They're just... Alarms sometimes, and sometimes grenades. Who cares? Blart eventually realises what is happening and attempts to flee, but then returns when he realises that Amy is still inside. He leaves. Yeah. Actually leaves, and then goes, no way, I need to go back in. Yes. Uh, Outside, a SWAT team led by James Kent, Paul's high school bully, arrives and takes command, but Blart once again refuses to leave the mall. He manages to take down several of Vex's henchmen and discovers the thieves are writing credit card codes down in invisible ink. Yeah. What the fuck is this? Which he records on his mobile phone. I th- the mobile phone that is another guy's son's yeah. mobile phone. His daughter's mobile phone. So his daughter, because it's pink yes. and sparkly, isn't it? Mm-hmm. And the boyfriend keeps calling him and he yes. becomes friends with her boyfriend, sort of. Yeah. Who's yeah. this, like... 
Indian teenage kid, like yeah. Muslim teenage kid that is just there being like, hey, Paul, how's yeah. it going? Like, this is weird. This yeah. is real weird. Yeah, I, I don't. I don't understand quite what it is that they're meant to be. Ste- I think it's meant to be like so that they can hack into the transactions that the stores are doing. Yes, it is. They describe them as ATM codes. So, like, yes. to understand what the. I but, guess, but I an guess ATM is a the, cash machine. I guess they so, mean yeah. the checkout tills of like, so the money that is with. I don't know. Yeah. They don't explain it. They clearly don't understand what it is. Yeah. Yes. And it also doesn't matter. <laughs> yes. So. <laughs> that's a, that's these films in a nutshell. I don't get it. The writers didn't get it, and it doesn't matter. Yep. Y- yeah. Paul Blart, more cop one and two. Pretty much. Meanwhile, Blart's daughter Maya arrives with food for him and is captured by the thieves. But they don't know she's his daughter initially. Mm. Learning his daughter is now a hostage, Blart assembles an arsenal from items he takes from various stores thus demonstrating the false binary the film constructs between law-abiding good guys and law-breaking bad guys. <laughs> yep. <laughs> if, if other people do it, they're thugs and criminals. Yes. But if a white guy does it for the right reasons, it's <laughs> fine. He Ugh. takes out most of Vex thieves by blowing up the Rainforest Cafe. Just destroys a, ch- a, a large chunk of them all. Just a domestic terrorist. Yeah. So he's a sex pest. A dog murderer and yeah. a terrorist so far. Yeah, Paul Blart, domestic terrorist, doesn't roll off the Paul tongue Blart, quite as... Paul Blart, dog killer. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, then he attempts to rescue the hostages, but is himself captured. Because they try. there's an even fatter guy that they try and lift up into the ceiling to get them out through the air vents, and Played he won't fit. Jamal Mixon, yeah, yeah. Yep. called Leon. He's a big, fat black guy. It's hilarious, mm. right? Yep. Uh, Vic takes Blart's mobile phone and leaves them all, taking Amy and Maya with him. Blart and Kent chase Vec to an airport where he is planning to escape to the Cayman Islands, which is an overseas territory of the UK and therefore a terrible place to flee to. Mm-hmm. So did they hear people having like secret bank accounts in the Cayman Islands mm. and assume you have to go there in person to activate these banks. I'm accounts. 100% sure that's what they thought. That's exactly what I read into it. Yeah. Ignoring the fact that the whole point of it being a secret bank account, an offshore bank yeah. account, being that you're not there in person and identifiable. Yes. They're definitely like, right, let's go to the one place where all the money is stored. Like, there's not fucking dollar bills in the <laughs> Cayman Islands I, just sitting about. I've yeah. been to the Cayman Islands. Mm. I swam with some turtles when I was there. Mm. Uh, How many offshore bank accounts did you open while you I were remember there? on a little tour uh, to the turtles, um, I said, does anybody know what the Cayman Islands are known for? Offshore bank accounts. That's right. Not money laundering. <laughs> Offshore banking. It is perfectly legal. The Queen, yeah. Elizabeth, she came here. <laughs> I was like, oh, fuck. And I sink into my seat like, Jesus mm. Christ. This type of alligator is dead. The Cayman alligator. There are only a handful left. The British came... Oh, fuck, fuck. Yeah. <laughs> but yes, uh, but in order, if you're born on the Cayman Islands, you don't have citizenship of the Cayman Islands. Mm. You only have citizenship if you pay... To be a Cayman Islander. Yes. Yes. But you don't have to go there. That turns into a tax <laughs> haven for the incredibly rich. Precisely. It's, it's a really fucked up thing that we did, Britain yeah. did, abroad as always. Capitalism. Yeah. That has been misunderstood by this movie. And it's also, because it's a British prote- protectorate, or whatever the, the 
fucking condescending yeah. term is yeah. for when we take over a place. Yeah. Former um, imperial. Something. Yeah. Like cash rock. There's yeah. there's an extradition treaty. Correct. With 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 America. So right. it's not like he would. It's not like running to Mexico or yeah. or. If you go there, we're gonna we're gonna rat you out. Yep. Yeah. Correct. Yeah. Anyway. Uh, Blart and Vec fight, and Blart takes him out by faking a hypoglycemic attack. He's not really asleep. He does a kick. <laughs> You're so right, Tim, and I hate every second. <laughs> However, uh, Kent pulls out his gun on Blart, revealing that he was part of the theft all along. That's makes, the SWAT leader guy. Makes no sense. Yep. Played by Bobby Carnavale. Bobby Carnavale. Wasted. Yeah. Waste, yes. The Quite bad, a lot of people wasted in this. The best That's true. thing about that movie. Um, <clears throat> it's really hard to. It's hard to grow. Universal shit. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I mean, the best thing is the bits that sync up with Dark Side of the Moon. <laughs> <laughs> um, so uh, so yes. Um, he he reveals he was behind the theft all along. Blart destroys the mobile phone, but then Kent says, "I don't actually need that." Oh. That that is actually probably the best bit of the film. That's actually really where he's like, that. "You idiot! I had I." My tr- my cop friends are securing the mall right now. I-, I can get all the codes. I have no need for the yeah. phone. Yeah. Yep. Um. But then the actual police show up and arrest Kent, proving the bullshit. uselessness of the, Paul Blart. The security guard chief shoots his ha- the gun he, out of his hand. He nicks a cop's gun. From, yeah. Yeah. From behind, which is a crime. Yes. yes. Yeah. But he's white, so it's okay. <laughs> it's fine. Uh, Blart is offered a job as a state trooper, but turns it down. And he and Amy eventually get married at the mall. On segways. On seg on in the matching cred- segways. In the credits. Bullshit. Yes. I hate every second of this movie. It's in easily in my top five least favourite films I've ever watched in my entire life. Fair. And the second one is also in that top five. <laughs> and I've seen it twice. It's so Oh, I'm struggling to articulate this because I'm it makes me so angry. Objectively bad. It's it's objectively bad. The the whole trope of he creeps on the girl who is nice to him and potentially interested uh, and then he does something heroic so he gets rewarded with her at the end of the after day. After being a sex She's the prize. After, like, she... He is objectively, objectively terrible to her throughout the film. He creep, He's creepy watching her from afar, stalking her. Mm-hmm. Then she kindly invites him out for drinks despite his creepy behavior and he is even worse to her um and then that's pretty much the last time he sees her until all the hostage stuff goes down and then because he's rescued her she marries him it's i hate it it's like one of it's such an overdone trope and it's so objectionable and that for me was the worst part of this film because it's it's like how are we not over this? Yep. So neither of you've seen Observe and Report, right? I have. Yes. You have seen Observe and Report, okay? Because it is as, the same plot again, as yeah. part of my research, but dramatically serious. It's still a comedy, um, starring Seth Rogen instead. A black comedy, very much so. Yeah. Um, goes far too far in places. Yeah. Um, it's. The, the the jokes in the comes work a bit better at times, but it's the exact same stupid premise, arguably mostly. Pretty much, yeah. Uh, and it's dumb. Uh, it's the it's the classic Tombstone White up like studios are mm. making the same movie at the same time. Oh my god, that mm. kind the of Armageddon Deep Impact thing. Pretty mm. much. I mean, they 
Paul Blart even says observe and report yeah. in Paul Blart Mall yes, Cop. Exactly. Um, I, th- I think Kevin James tried to sue the makers of Observe yes, and Report I think for stealing his happened. idea or something. Yeah. Yeah. And they took him to the fuck off. Um so yeah, basically, um that film does exist. It's it's just as bad, not worse, in different ways. Very much a different type of shit. It's, it's terrible. It's awful. It's um, the worst Seth Rogen movie I've ever seen. I have to pause and think about that, but that's probably fair. Obviously, but you've seen it. I can't, I can't verify what you've just said, but yeah, yeah. But it is it is goddamn awful mm. um but again same thing where you're like i'm awful to this woman mm. uh i'm a terrible creepy bastard and yet at the same time i deserve her as a prize mm. for reasons yeah um and it's that classic 2000s mindset it'd be fair it was in the 1980s as well it's existed for a long long time it's in- true it's been around yeah it's very prevalent like in 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 a lot of mainstream comedies in the the 2000s especially where it was remarkably generic dude mm is handed trophy woman as prize. Yes. And I know that's, again, you're right, that's been around since the, since the dawn of fucking storytelling, mm. obviously. Since but, caveman times. Exactly. Yeah. But a very specific blue-collar worker, dude, it's, it's one of those sort of weird post-9-11 kind of shifts mm. where it's not enough for the generic... I mean, again, we had the big muscly action hero, then... Bruce Willis kind of changed that with the different version mm. of action hero. Like, he's like every man. It's like, well, he's not really every man, is he? Come on. Yeah. Um, and then you get the whole, no, this guy's an every man and he gets the woman. And it's like, yeah, the women get much more vapid and, 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 like, and, and trophy-like, basically. And the dudes get significantly more dressed down, shall we say. Mm. Uh, and that's not me slating the type of individual this person's portraying, but it's like, yeah, it's, it's the... Um, well, he has before mm. before doing a violence at the end of the <laughs> film. He has no real redeeming qualities. No, like he takes his job far too seriously. He's pompous. He's rules obsessed, and then he gets drunk and is awful to her. Yes, um, he has a back tattoo though, Tim, <laughs> of an eagle. Tim, yes, Come on. and also and the Loch Ness monster. Yeah, Ramstam the Loch Ness monster. <clears throat> yeah. He's like, even when he's first talking to her at the start of the film, he's he's sort of like trying to put on airs and be like, I'm important because I'm a security guard and all this yeah. kind of stuff. And it's like, it's fine to have a character who is awkward and socially, you know, maladjusted and stuff like that. But yeah, it's, it's, he portrays nothing that would ever make her interested in him. Yeah, at this point, and I agree. I agree with that entirely, Tim. I think a particular low point for me is that he doesn't really have a character arc. He's always just Paul Blart. Yeah, and he doesn't. He's not self-aware enough to realize he has no epiphany that he's like actually. Mm. You know what? This job is nothing. You know what? I do want to be a cop. All this stuff is like, no. He just carries on, and he's still pompous, and he gets everything he wants by the end of the film. His mm. daughter respects him for some yeah. reason. His, this woman he's been lusting after marries him. Mm. Not just like takes an interest or is more friendly to they him. They don't like, oh, we can go on a date now. And yeah, be like, yeah. Oh, a like, reasonable marriage. marriage. Let's get to know each other better. No, it's just like jump to yeah, marriage. It's that family friendly fucking yeah. live action Disney. Mm-hmm. Suddenly everyone <laughs> gets married after 10 seconds yet, of knowing, oh, yet, you're my love of my life. Tw- <laughs> 20 years prior in Die Hard, because like, they're so obsessed with Die Hard in terms of, I mean, 
it's set at Black Friday rather than Christmas, right? Yeah. 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 But it's got all the Christmas paraphernalia around, so yeah. Die Hard references. But the fact that one of the fundamental driving forces of Die Hard is that uh, the, the, the relatable, one of the related aspects is the fact that this cop's life is falling apart. Yeah. Yes. And he's like, you know, I thought she'd go out there and have to come back running home to New York. Mm. It turns out she's actually quite successful and fuck, I misjudged this. Yeah. And yeah, they get together at the end, but it never works out for them. Yeah. Good. And, and at his lowest point, Paul McLean, Paul McLean, fuck Paul me. John McLean. Blart McLean, John Blart, John Blart, John Blart Tower Cop. Um, <laughs> uh, John McLean has that realization yeah. and gives that says to um, to Al, he's like, "You've got to tell her I was sorry." Like, yep, yep. you know, I did, I never treated her right, and all this kind of stuff. Yes. Paul Blart does not have that awareness he does, no, he at all. He did nothing. He no. just carries on. He yep. just there's there's about three different moments in this in the first film where he's like. Well, now it's ser- now I've got a now I've got a man up and be serious yep. kind of thing, and it's like, but then then it just keeps doing stupid stuff. We described Taken as the Republican wet dream. <laughs> yeah, this is the same thing, but yes, but on a much smaller, but like, shittier scale. Yeah, but like middle of the road America instead of like going off and fighting the foreigners. This is like, well, it's I will defend America, which is defined by malls. <laughs> Yeah. I mean it's pretty much like there's so much of it that if if you ended the film with it going this was all a fantasy sequence in Paul Blart's head <laughs> that would make Love sense. It. Because Jack because I, I did think about that. Because it's like the 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 girl that he's obsessed with falls in love with him, he gets to like beat up and the the thieves are even like because they're like parkour and skateboarders, it's almost like he's taken the teenagers that he probably has to deal with at work and then turned them into terrorists. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And like mm-hmm. you know all that, and he's like, oh yeah, and I could go around the stores and I could take stuff out of them, and like you know, and it's like, don't you realize that's what you like chase people out of here for doing? It's like, yeah, but I'd be the hero for this. It's so it's a more yeah. worker power fantasy, that's and just, and yeah, yeah, it constantly also undermines him by making fun of it. Yes, uh, of him. Yes. So it's like this film thinks he's the best American ever, and an absolute worthless piece of shit at the same time. Yes, yeah, it's quite. And I think that's just Kevin James. <laughs> Shall we move on to the horror show that is part two? Part two. Yes, please, Tim. I'll let you know of uh, moments of synchronicity with Dark Side of the Moon. Thank you, <laughs> and and any. Uh, like tips and trivia I have along the way. Yep. Uh, so yes, Paul Blart Mall Cop 2, 2015, six years after the original. Yep. Six years after the events of the first film, we learn that Paul and Amy got divorced six days after getting married. Uh, uh, why, why was that, everybody? Uh, uncontrollable vomiting on her part. Yes, correct. Uh, when she realised who she had married. Yep. Which I guess, in a way... The shock of the trauma of the situation, <laughs> yeah. as they allude to at the end of Speed One, yeah, <laughs> like shit don't work should, out. Yeah, you shouldn't. You shouldn't. Uh, you know, it's like uh, they tell people in recovery, like don't go out and make any big life decisions. Yeah. it's like yeah, you've been in a traumatic situation. Maybe don't go through a speedy marriage. And you'll mall. marry a dude on a Segway. Yeah. Yep. Also, his mother gets hit by a truck. As as the lyrics for "Breathe" kick in. <sighs> yes. <sighs> Breathe in the air. Which again lends credence Don't to this just like let's just shit on this guy's life. Yeah. Let's make him as miserable yes. as possible. Yeah. We want to punish him at the same time that we hold him up. Yeah. Guy Montgomery from Till Death Do Us Blart 
describes it as the saddest opening seven minutes of a movie <laughs> in the history of cinema. And I agree. Yeah. They were like, <laughs> up, you got nothing. Word for word, yeah. what, what they say on that podcast. You um, thought up was sad? Yeah. Go and watch Paul Blart Mall Cop 2. Uh, Blart receives an invitation to a security officer conference in Las Vegas and attends with his daughter, Maya, who has been accepted to UCLA but has not yet told her father. Why do they go to Las Vegas, everybody? In real life, why did they go to Las Vegas? Tax uh, cuts? Correct. It was the first film to receive Las Vegas's new tax breaks for filming and stuff. <laughs> You're welcome. And the Wynn Hotel paid for a bunch of stuff. I was going to say, I just assumed it was like the, the Adam Sandler, like grown-ups. All, all of his films, apart from the actually good ones, are just set somewhere where it's like, you oh yeah, holiday. 50 a first dates. A mad I, I wanna... billionaire will pay for this stuff. And yeah, then, yeah, I want to I wanna go film in Hawaii for, you know, a week or... Yeah. Yes, so it was that, and the owner of the Wynn Hotel also gets tax stuff because it was yes. used as a filming location, so it was a favour to that guy in order for letting them do crazy shit in his hotel. Yeah. Tax he, scam! He creepily shows up and does a weird smile and doesn't speak, but shakes... Paul just Blart's smiles at the end terrifyingly at him with his trophy wife next to him. Yep. Ugh. Real yeah. life, real life, terrifying billionaire bloke. I, I blanked his name from my memory. Steve Wynn, I want to say. I think so. Something like yeah. that. Yeah. Upon arriving, Blart meets another security officer, Donna, who has heard of his earlier heroics and convinces him that he will be the surprise keynote speaker at the event. Which is not how surprise speakers work. You. A surprise Correct. speaker does not get notified. It's a surprise to everyone else. Yes. But they are they aware. Are, they are not told 12 hours ahead of time, hey, you'll be you, speaking. You'll be speaking, and it's going to be the main event. Hope you can write something good in the next, yeah. you know, half a day. Fucking hell. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we're getting angry, Tim, now as well. At the hotel. We're exasperated, Tim, yeah. I think, more than anything else. It's just like, has anyone in, who wrote this film been in real in no. the vicinity of real no, life in the past not. No. 10 years? It was... Nope. No. At the hotel, Blart, Blart meets Davina, the hotel general manager, and he awkwardly accuses her of flirting with him oh. in this really prolonged... So, so coming on thing. a little bit, a little bit thick. Airbags! Now, here's the thing, here's the thing. Because oh. I showed this clip to my wife. Mm. And I showed another couple of clips where this this, this subplot carries this on. One, yeah. This is one of the clips I showed to my coworkers, and I was like, "Em, do you think this woman is hitting on this dude?" And she said, "I don't know, but she did touch his hand in a weird way in terms of soft. That's not a normal thing. I know him. I know. Do you think this will eventually go anywhere?" And she said, "I don't know." And I showed a separate clip. I will get to it later. Obviously, I'm not going to spoil yeah. things. Where. Basically, the the door with the, the door. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The yeah, door. Yeah. We'll followed get, by we'll her. Get there. Going, uh, and the third clip is going, oh. <laughs> <laughs> that's all I'm going to say at this point. We'll to, go back to that. To, to set this up, he, he goes to the check-in desk and he's like, hello, I'm Paul Blart, Mall Cobb, you may have heard of me. Um, I'm here for the, this conference. Like he's fucking James Bond. Yeah. Um, the name's Blart. Blart. Paul Blart. It's apparently how they came up with the character name. Of course it is. Um, and the person at the hotel desk basically says, Oh, I'm sorry, your room's not ready yet. And then, so he kicks off a fuss, and is like, "Well, I'm at, I'm going to be the key. I'm at this convention, and I might even be the keynote speaker." And the it's basically a Karen prick. Yeah, yeah. But and the 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 desk clerk is quite rightly just like, "Well, your room's not 
Really, that's yeah, not that's, how it works, that's, motherfucker. Yep, this is how hotels work. Sometimes you get here and the room is not ready yet and we can look after your luggage. But you can go also, somewhere else. It's a you're, casino. You're in a casino. Go get some food. Go play blackjack. Whatever. If it was a more conscious, aware, and sensitive film, I would almost think they were trying to say that Paul Blart is someone on the autistic spectrum. <laughs> Because his concept of social interactions yes. is doing a show non-existent. Say, no, it's not that honest, honest, honest. Yeah, exactly. If, 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 and mm. I, I, I hate to add, it's not where I've gone with my pitch. But there is a world where it's not fucking Kevin James, and this yeah. is perhaps an interesting exploration of yeah. people on the spectrum experiencing, like you know, sensory overload in a fucking casino or yeah. something. But no, he's just an asshole for yeah. basically no reason. To everyone he interacts but, with. But then the hotel manager comes over and is like, oh, I'm so sorry about... And it's literally like five minutes later. Yeah, oh, yeah. And she's like, I'm so sorry about what happened. We've upgraded your room, blah, blah, blah. And also their room does their room does not look like a Las Vegas hotel room, nor does it look... Uh, like no, a, you've been in a yeah. Las Vegas hotel, Tim. They're fucking amazing. <laughs> um, in a very tacky Las Vegas sure, way. Sure, yeah, of course. But also she's like, oh, we've upgraded you. It's like, well, then you've got the worst hotel in fucking Las Vegas. You're not showing off the win <laughs> in a good light. Yeah, so it's like, well, no, the general manager would not come over because your room wasn't ready for five minutes. That's just how hotels it's, are sometimes. playing into the Karen fantasy nonsense. Yes, yeah. Yeah. it literally is. If you complain anyway, enough, amazing, you get what that. you want. Yeah. So later, Davina and her boyfriend, Eduardo, who is the head of security at the hotel. God, he's handsome. He is very handsome, man. They're both very attractive people. Yeah. They're like, a good couple. Yeah. Because they're a couple. Yeah. Uh, they welcome VIP guest Vincent Sofell, who uh, played by um, Neil, Neil McDonough, McDonough. Yeah. But with two different colored eyes, so you know he's evil. You know he's well, actually... You know he's crazy. Yeah. Actually, Johnny Depp mm. as... Grindelwald. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, so he is planning to steal valuable art from the casino. That's as vague as this plot gets, by the way, ladies and gentlemen. It's fucking valuable art. Yeah. Uh, well, they do specify a couple of pieces. Oh, sure. But yeah, those dogs playing poker. We'll, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Not a Vincent Van Gogh because yeah. He, yeah. Uh, Maya strikes up a flirta- flirtatious friendship with Lane, a valet at the hotel. Um, which sure is fine. It's nice. Like that seems it's a young person thing to do. I, yeah, I don't hate Rainy Rodriguez. She's yeah, she's fine. In she's, these fine. She's, she's fine. She's, she's fine. probably the nicest person. She's in the it. nice character. Yeah, his mum's fine, sort of maybe. Yeah. Apart from like blaming Maya's mum for running away as an illegal immigrant yes. and that. Something we didn't. Yeah. Oh, the weird xenophobia of the first yeah, one. I forgot about that. Yeah. Oh, don't forget yeah. about that, Tim. Because we touched oh, on, like, oh, it's not actively racist. Then I thought about it. I was like, hold on a minute. Yeah, there yeah, is, is that weird. Maya, Maya's mum leaves Paul, again, another woman who leaves him in a matter of seconds, as soon as she gets a green card because she's an evil, illegal immigrant. And it's like, yeah. fuck me. They somehow yeah. turned him in, him being into a, him being a single dad into a xenophobic attack slash joke. And I'm like, how did that. What yeah. was what was the synaptic pathway to Any make connections? Right, right. Oh, mm. Yeah. Oh. Anyway, second movie. So yes, so Maya strikes up this kind of flirty friendship with uh, Lane, who is a valet at the hotel. Uh, but the overprotective Blart spies on them because, of course, he does. That seems to be his one of the main problems of many, many problems. <laughs> is that in the first film, at the very least, Paul Blart is a pretty consistent character. He takes his job too seriously. He's weird when he's interacting with others. 
Uh, doesn't know how to talk to humans. He doesn't know how to talk to humans. Loves murdering dogs. Yeah. <laughs> and, not letting that one go. You know, but but he's a pretty kind of straight-laced guy who is is whatever. Yeah. Yes. In this film, his character shifts from scene to scene to fit whatever we'll, we'll quote unquote those scenes, joke Lord. that yeah. they want to make. Paul Blart, Moon Knight. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> God, you imagine Kevin James trying to do an English accent? Oh my God, me. Yes, I can. I think I've heard one. Um, <laughs> although, so one of the one of the recurring strands, although it's not at all consistent, is that he's very overprotective over his daughter. Yes, yes. Um, and that's one of the reasons she hasn't told him that she wants to go to college yeah. on the other side of the country. Anyway, Blart learns he is not actually the keynote speaker at the conference. Uh, but then he consoles himself by checking out the security equipment on display with Donna. Uh, who was the security guard he met earlier, and three other security guards, Saul, Gino, and Khan. They are all unpleasant. Money, get away. <laughs> get a good job with more pay, and you're okay. Dum, da, dum, dum, dum. But those of you who don't know Pink Floyd, I apologize. <laughs> Watch the clip in the show notes, it's worth yeah. it. Good songs, Pink Floyd. Mm. Uh, on the floor, he meets Eduardo, who demeans Blart in front of the others. Uh, that's why because earlier when the they had the whole thing were like, um, oh, that guy just thought I was hitting on him, which is ridiculous. It's like, I, I wonder why. And it's ridiculous. And he goes, he's what? Just, El Gordo? Like, El Gordo? The fat guy. Yeah. Yes. Like, of course, fat people. Um, they use you, humor to... Um, to make themselves attractive. Yeah, something. no. To, it's like, uh, yeah, to hide use, their shame or something. something yeah. Like, yeah. And they use humor to appear attractive to others. Yes. Or something like that. And she says, that makes sense. Uh, yeah. Yes. Like, yep. Kevin James so, wrote this line. Hold on. Hold on. So we're saying... Attractive people are assholes for looking down on fat people, but these entire movies are looking down on fat people. So... Have you seen Shallow Hal by any chance? <laughs> Same film. Yeah, kind of, yeah. With a different moral at the end? Yeah. Carry on, carry on, carry on. Uh, yeah, there's a whole thing where Paul Blart has a beanbag gun and he tries to shoot uh... it and he's terrible with it, and then Eduardo comes along and he's great. And he does Remember the... that because later Paul Blart will suddenly be amazing with the gun. Yeah. With a, a goop gun as well. But who would CGI? No, no. Who would, get who yeah. would care about consistency in these films? Yeah. <laughs> uh, Maya meets up with Lane, missing her dinner appointment with Blart, who assumes she's been kidnapped and summons Eduardo and his security team. But he didn't care about her being kidnapped in the first movie much. No. And then he suddenly cares a lot and jumps to quite and a conclusion. Jumps to that conclusion on her missing one phone one call. One phone call, yes. Yes. And then. So then she calls him up from the restaurant, having seen his missed call, and go, oh, yeah, I was meant to be meeting my dad. I'll go. She calls him up from the restaurant, and so Paul Blart has to admit, like, oh, yeah, sorry, I called I went not mental. just hotel security, but the police, the police as yeah. well. So Eduardo tells Blart that he is an unprofessional idiot, which is accurate. Agreed. Um, I think they put that in so that later, because she... Plot spoilers here for the, that we'll come to in five minutes. She does actually get kidnapped in this film. She does. I think they must put that in so that he then can't go to the cops. Yes. But they boy who cried wolf style. Yeah, yeah. 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 But it, it they, it's done so inelegantly and shittily. Welcome to Paul Blart, Tim. Yeah. <laughs> At dinner, Blart and Maya fight when he learns about her UCLA plans, and Maya storms off. Okay, this bit is so fucked up. <laughs> I had to pause the film 
go back and go, wait, did that actually happen? <laughs> Blah encounters the actual keynote speaker, Nick, who is drunkenly hitting on a woman who is not interested. Yeah, correct. And rather than saying, hey, man, you're drunk, leave this woman alone, Paul Blart sticks up for Nick and says to the woman, hey... He's the keynote speaker. He's the key- Don't you know this is the keynote speaker? Hey, just because he's a little awkward and has had to have some a drink to pluck up the courage to talk to you, like, give him a chance. He's, he's not so bad. Even though this guy has been shit to him earlier in the film. And the woman actually goes, oh, yeah, I never thought of it that way. I should give him a second chance. Paul it's an- so fucked up. Paul Blart's an incel. Hey, lady. Maybe you should think how the man feels in this situation. Right? It's like, it, uh, yeah. Uh, I've been rejected. Nice guys finished last. Uh, and also, it's encouraging incel energy, man. I'm telling you. I believe that woman is Adam Sandler's wife. Correct. She is in a lot of films, and it's so every time she turns up, it's so fucking weird. <laughs> it's so in Ridiculous Six, the Western. She plays the Native American. Oh, Jesus. Never wears fuck. a bra. Yep. If I remember correctly. I'm always like, why are you here? What it's, is as bad, it's as bad as Kevin Smith putting his wife in all the films. Yeah, I mean, and again, I'm not saying this, this thing, oh, you can't have nepotism. Of course you have you know, people you know in movies, blah, 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 blah. It's more the whole, why in these roles? It's mostly just like, look at my hot wife. Yeah. It's like, ugh. It's a it's a weird thing. Isn't it? Yeah. So yes, he sticks up for Nick for some reason, but then Nick passes out anyway. So then Blart seizes the opportunity to replace Nick as the keynote speaker, but begins to panic when he realizes he has nothing to say. So to calm himself, he visits a garden within the casino and is attacked by a large bird while a man plays piano. He's not attacked by the large bird. He attacks the large He does bird. attack the... I do apologise. The emu is just chilling. Just there. It walks around and it comes quite close to him and he does a whole like... Yeah! Yeah! Shoo! Get out of here! And then it makes dinosaur noises. I mean, birds are dinosaurs. This is true. But creepy, like... Yeah. Like full-on Dilophosaurus stuff kind of noises. <laughs> this is when Brain Damage by Pink Floyd kicks in. <laughs> and Brilliant. the opening lyric is... The lunatic is on the grass. <laughs> grass, grass. And that he's he sat and he nods at the piano player, and then he sees the bird. <laughs> and as the bird turns, as the lunatic <laughs> is on the grass, it's spectacular. <laughs> and the, obviously, the song "Brain Damage" then plays as this bird proceeds to beat the shit out of Paul Blart yeah. and peck the fuck out of his face. And probably give him brain damage. Yep. <laughs> Meanwhile, the thieves begin stealing the artwork and replacing them with replicas in some real cut, cut, cut price Ocean's Eleven <laughs> shit. <laughs> mm-hmm. Maya attends a party with uh, Lane in a, vaca- in a vacated suite um, and witnesses the thieves, who I guess are next door or sure, something. Yeah, they're in the suite next, next yeah. door. Why not? Uh, she tries to call Blart, but he ignores her call because he's in the middle of his terrible speech, which everyone loves, including Davina, who is now attracted to him for some reason. Yeah. So one thing we did skip over, we mentioned the, the door scene earlier. He gets his uniform from her for, for the, oh, for the yes. keynote speech. 
because he arrives in his fucking Hawaiian shirt bullshit. And he used to get a full like security guard with the suit. Yes. The outfit from Paul Blart Mall Cop yeah, 1. Yeah. He, needs, yes. he needs to get his Paul Blart enough. costume on. Yes. She, she arrives. He tries to tip her, I assume because she's Hispanic. And he's like, oh, you must be... Oh, you're a Latin woman. You must be the... So, you're bringing me you must this be the shirt, worker, therefore yeah. you must be... Yeah. yeah. She's like, I don't usually do this, but we didn't have any other options. She explains it all. He's like, okay, yeah, yeah. You're laying it on a bit thick. It's the same woman who quote-unquote flirted with him earlier. And then he says, your top lip is sweating. Yeah. yeah. So fucking Like creepy. fucking Nixon. <laughs> like fucking Hannibal Lecter. <laughs> <laughs> that is terrifying. And she then goes, checks her lip and goes, he's right. Has that little moment of like, oh my God, I love this fat man. <laughs> little does he know, it's not the only thing that's worse. <laughs> oh, he sorry. didn't mean that lip was wet. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Jack. You saved me from being wet. Uh, <laughs> Welcome um, to Paul Blunt. Yeah, he, literally, again, that joke goes on far too long. And it's the whole like, um, oh, I'm laying on a little thing. It's just, no, I've got a boyfriend. Oh, I've had a fa- fake. Yeah, I've, uh, I basically invented mm, the fake boyfriend. Yeah. Mm. Just let it, let it go. So I would never like, I would yeah. never like someone like you. And it's so counter to his character in the first film, who is incredibly awkward about around yes. women and in this case he's just like oh well i'm so used to women being attracted i'm, I'm to a me. sexual my, animal yeah I've my had wife, two wives yeah my wife <laughs> broke up with me after six days because she couldn't stop vomiting at the thought of being married with me and the other one left because yeah she got a green card and that was it yes but here i am just being like oh i'm so used to women throwing at themselves at me fuck me it's fucking hell again it's the combination of the out and out confidence and the dirt low self loathing yes. that this character has <laughs> that is just baked into the character, I assume directly from Kevin James's brain. Yeah. Um so yeah, he gives his terrible speech. Oh, um, he eventually answers the phone and learns that Maya and Lane have been captured by Sofel. Uh he encounters several of Sofel's henchmen, leading to a chase through a Cirque du Soleil style show. And lands they are planning to uh, learns they are planning to steal the art during the Cirque du Soleil section. Great gig in the sky kicks in with that incredible <laughs> vocal. So the ah, ah, <laughs> this amazing, ridiculous, over the top like vocal solo, and it like all the swirling, amazing things. And then fucking Kevin James shows up with all his fat grunts. <laughs> Just There's a lot of grunting in this section. He rolls and jumps and kicks and everything. And I mean every little movement has a overly ADR'd little grunt in there. Yeah. And as a nitpicker for ADR and stuff, mm. I ooh, I wanted to tear my fucking mm. ears off. Yeah. It's like, it's like the, g- the worst ASMI is Kevin James grunting in your ears. I listen to it with headphones mm-hmm. on. And I regret every fucking second of it. We we get it, film. He's a he's a larger <laughs> gentleman. <laughs> but the thing is, like, as we said earlier, he walked like four steps, Kevin. Fucking chill <laughs> out, mate. Christ. But the thing is, if earlier, the crowd loves it for oh, some yeah. reason. He um, gets yeah. applause. Saul Gundamut, <laughs> maybe the best name in cinema history, <laughs> to counteract effects, Sims and whatever the fuck else it was. Mm-hmm. Uh, and his wife, Anna Gasteyer, re- yes. returning from Mean Girls 2. <laughs> and Mean Girls 1, sorry, Mean Girls 1. My yeah. Mean Girls 2, Mean Girls 1. <laughs> um, do you know who plays Saul Gundamut? 
It's his brother. It is. Uh, Gary Valentine. Ga- Gary Valentine is his stage name. Yes, Gary Valentine is also in the first film. Do you know who he plays in the first film? Oh, I did know this, but I've forgotten. He's, He's the karaoke singer in the bar and the oh, dance scene. Oh, yes. Because he also loves 80s shit music. Yeah. And they do a thing where they do a band together or whatever, like oh, every fucking, fucking failed mm. musician, yeah. actor turned musician. Truly, he is the Frank Stallone of Kevin James. <laughs> he is the Frank Stallone. We thought we couldn't get lower than Frank Stallone compared to Sylvester Stallone. But if your Sylvester Stallone equivalent is Kevin James, and you're the Frank Stallone to his Kevin James, <laughs> fuck me, Gary Valentine. <laughs> fuck me. should also point out that having been super overprotective of his daughter, he finds out his daughter has been kidnapped and then has a bunch of hijinks chasing around the henchmen where he does not seem at all concerned that his daughter has been kidnapped at this he point. He spends a long time doing this Cirque du Soleil bullshit. Yeah. When he doesn't really need to. Has time yeah. to do some quipping. Like, yeah. looks like we've got a, a fork in the road. And you're like, yeah. Oh, when, when, he, mur- uh, when he murders a guy. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yes. <laughs> it moved up from dogs to man. Yeah, yeah that's another moment where money <laughs> Could kicks in, by the way. Could man be so sweet? <laughs> when, um, when, when he's... Again, suiting up in a second mm. when he's suiting up, money kicks in again. And yeah, when he murders a guy with a fork, electrical fork that bursts into flames in a man's chest. Yeah. Fuck me. He just murders people and animals all over the place. Mm. Fucking hell. <laughs> Maya and Lane manage to escape from Sofel's goons, learning that he is allergic to oatmeal, but then they are re- recaptured. Blart raids the convention floor for weaponry Money. And, a pro- yeah, <laughs> and a prototype armoured Segway, uh, using it to take out more of the thieves and intercept Van Gogh's sunflowers, Sofell's main target. It's, it's, it's like a fucking thing from Robot Wars. It, is. it really is. Yeah. Fucking goddammit. <laughs> They're also, they have, they, they've stolen Van Gogh's sunflowers and they've got it in this like mesh bag Bag, that you can quite clearly see that's Van Gogh's sunflowers in and they're just walking it out of the casino. We need to tell the audience it's the famous picture. I'm going to steal the Declaration of Independence. (laughs) (laughs) Pretty much. Nick Uh, Cage did more to get that out of that building. Yeah. He had the the toy one and everything. The fake souvenir one. Uh, Blart arranges a trade. Well, he arranges a deal. An exchange, if you will. Fucking hell. (laughs) <laughs> Synonyms have never irritated me more than that fucking moment. <laughs> oh. uh, the sunflowers for Maya. Uh, but Sofell betrays him, taking both, leading to a brawl between Sofell's henchmen and Blart's security guard friends. Bunch of slow motion stuff. Yeah. All incompetent, and, but uh, somehow amazing. Cause... And fat people being unkillable yeah. because they're fat. It's, it's, it's basically the whole... This isn't just a Paul Blart thing. This is a... Everyone can identify with this. Mm. Look, representation. We're, we're, we're all blue-collar fucking... Yeah. 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 There's, there's one quasi-joke that I sort of enjoyed in this bit, which is where one of the characters show up and he's got this weird, like, black tunic thing oh, on. Oh, yeah. And they're like, why, why are you wearing a cape? And he's like, I came, I came from getting a haircut. Yeah. So... To, to spin very, very briefly, to spin off into Till Death Does Blart again, go back to hashtag mm. Death Blart. The, every year they chronicle how many times the film makes them laugh. <laughs> and good lord, do they go through waves of. They very clearly hate the movie, 
and then they like grow to appreciate it because they've seen it so many times. Yeah. Now. Mm-hmm. By the third time, they're like eleven laughs, and that's like the peak. And then the fourth time, it's zero. Yeah. <laughs> and you're like, that explains everything. Yeah. And you're doing this for the rest of your lives. Yeah. And they sick. really go through this process of like, yeah, this year's actually pretty good. You know I mean, like, yeah, yeah. It's, it's like coming home. Like, every Thanksgiving, it's a tradition now. I'm now numb to it. I've seen it five times. Who cares? You know, it's just another hour and a half of my time. Mm. They then do a live commentary for one of the things and they regret that instantly. <laughs> they then do... Um, till death does blah origins where they do the first one as a bonus episode and also regret that one and then claim that they prefer the second one to the first one <laughs> mostly because I assume they become numb to the second one because they've yeah. already seen it five times and then they get around to discussing it again the year after that and it's back to zero laughs and then one of them is like no I still like it and I was like oh, for fuck's sake and then it reverses, and everyone likes it, and the one person hates it. <laughs> like, oh my god! It's I recommend you listening to this podcast because it's mm. such a journey. Yeah, through just people trying to deal with Paul Blart Mall. It does too. sound like psychological torture. Yeah, it, like in the Cannibal kind of Fish where they whip you every anniversary of you being there, so yeah. much so that you end up becoming jaded to being whipped because like, ah, my birthday. Yeah, exactly. What? Exactly. Anyway, to finish off the uh, the synopsis... Please do, Tim. Blart pursues Sofell, but somehow ends up on the wrong roof for some reason. <sighs> Fuck it. Uh, and has to zipline over with the help of Eduardo and Nick. Uh, he ziplines, but then stops because... He's fat! Hey! That's why he's on the wrong and roof, Tim, because he's fat. Mm. And there are several places in Las Vegas where it's like, oh, the, the, the hotel chain owns, like... Or the casino massive, or whatever. Yeah. We, we own properties on both sides of the road, kind yeah. of thing. Yeah. And the un- and there is literally like a shopping mall underground that yeah. you can travel through. Yes. So that you never leave our yeah. complex. The, the co- yeah, exactly. exactly. Yes. But you would have to go so out of your way if you're pursuing someone. You would have to go so out of your way to end up in the, the wrong, wrong building. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. And the size of those buildings, you'd be running for a good you would, twenty minutes. Yes. It's yeah, that those... scene in The Simpsons where Homer needs a piss. And goes up one of the towers yeah, yeah, and then yeah. realizes they're all unavailable and has to run all the way back down and then back up the other tower mm. again. Oh. Yeah. Oh, those towers. Yeah, I remember which yeah. one you're talking about now. Yeah. Fucking hell. Maya incapacitates Sofell with oatmeal conceal- concealer uh, and Blart takes him out with a headbutt, I think. He, he, he headbutts him, him. Yeah. 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 In the aftermath, Davina confesses her love to Blart, but oh, he tells her to stay yeah. with Eduardo, who he is now friends with despite eduardo being mean to him earlier in the film Cause yeah because he, he brought him a zip line yeah basically it's like no i'm gonna do the right thing you yeah i'm i, I am doing the right thing and say you know what woman uncontrollable loins yeah you stay with him yeah fuck me blart receives a medal from the security guard association and a huge reward from the casino owner who shows up and does a weird smile uh that he uses to pay for Maya's ucla tuition Dropping her off at college, Paul flirts with a mounted police officer who reciprocates his advances, but he is kicked by her horse. Sadly, he is not killed. <laughs> so that is that is oh, that's a brilliant ending, Tim. But the CGI horse, a CGI blart, and a CGI car. We ignored the terrible CGI of the fucking goo gun that he solves yes. all the problems the with. Fucking CGI goo. Why is it CGI? Why? And the, and I the, know why the bird is CGI, but fucking and hell. And the, the terrible 
oatmeal allergic reaction makeup on Neil yeah. McDonough's face. Melting his face. Giant welts. Giant boils and stuff, yeah. yeah. Um, they also talk about this until death to us, blah. And I asked my wife, who knows a lot about makeup and stuff, oatmeal concealer isn't really a thing. No, oatmeal no. like balm and cleanser. Yeah, is a thing. and like a scrub. You have it so... as a scrub. The cleanser is a scrub. Exactly. Mm. Yeah. Why did they say those combination of words? Oatmeal concealer is a thing, but oatmeal is often the color that is used to describe the shade of the thing. Yes, because concealer is based on your skin tone. Mm. Yes because it's concealing things and tries to restore yeah. as close to your natural skin tone as possible. Mm. Even little things like that, they managed to get wrong. If I didn't know any better, I would say it was because they were trying to avoid actually getting into some sort of lawsuit bullshit and saying, I don't this think exists, they thought I think that's about it really... that much. I think that's far too much credit. That's I think exactly it's because 100%. they didn't want... They, kept, they said the first makeup word that they thought of there is. and didn't... It couldn't, couldn't be lipstick because he's a man. Yeah. Brr, What's the thing they put on their faces? Concealer. There yeah. we go. There Should we go. bother checking that? No. no. And she squidges out stuff that is just oatmeal into yeah. her hand. <laughs> Concealer needs to be as... It's supposed to look like it's not there. It conceals imperfections and blemishes. <laughs> the whole point of it is that it's as smooth and flawless as possible that people don't fucking know it's there. It's concealing things. You don't rub oatmeal on your face to... <clears throat> Weirdly enough, the first time I saw it, I thought, is this more CGI goo? I was like, nope, this is real goo. Okay, cool. Yeah. I don't know why I needed to be... A... Yeah. I don't... I... Mm. There's some terrible fucking CGI in this film. I don't know why there's CGI in this film at all. But anyway, do, do we all hate the second one more than the first one? I, yeah, again, pretty, I think they're both, like uh, I said, they're both in the top five worst films I've ever seen <laughs> in my entire life. I think they're both hideously shit for different reasons. Um, I think the second one feels just as confused about its own existence as the viewer because it doesn't seem to have acknowledged much about Paul Blart 1. Other than, you know, a thing happened in the mall yeah. previously. The origins of the creation of the movie with the whole tax cut and the whole billionaire Steve mm. Wynn hotel thing makes me hate the second one more because it's built on such capitalistic spite and disgusting just... It doesn't need to exist and it should never have existed mm. and they made it because money. I bet nobody money. was wanting to make this movie. And you know Kevin James arranged it so that the schedule of the movie lined up with some... Fucking MMA Uf- fights yes. to see while he UFC was in happens town. in Las Vegas all the fucking time. Yeah, the fight capital of the world. I I hate them both for different reasons. I think the first one has more in it that is actively objectionable in terms of the misogyny, in terms of the weird stuff with his illegal immigrant wife. So I think I think the first one has more in it that is that offends me as a human being. <laughs> the second one has more in it that offends me as a cinema watcher, a, f- a film watcher, a cinema mm. goer, because it's just more incompetently made. Um, Fair. I get that. It, yeah. It's just, it's just thrown together so haphazardly. It barely feels like a movie. It feels like a series of bad ideas stitched together. Accurate. Entirely accurate. I have, uh, just to wind us up before we uh, get to the fix, this is one of those ones which is a really difficult position for the individual who is fixing it. I feel like you've said that to me a lot recently, Matthew. <laughs> I feel like I got a shit end of the stick in this season. You picked it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, 
You said I, I'd I, love to do that. I absolutely did not. You said you said make... Paul Blart Two is my favorite film, and I want to. I don't think you can improve on perfection, but I want to try. You said I've had. I'm these Jack films... Chambers Ward, yeah. and I think I can touch the I hem of. I God. wasn't even married. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking hell! You said uh, so many films I've been waiting to fix. One was like you know Spider Man. Yeah. One Star Trek and Paul Blart Two. You thought doesn't need it, but I want to have my go. Mm. Uh, no, but the reason I mentioned this is because. The answer is you don't fucking do it. Fuck and I mean up. this. <laughs> I, I know I say that a lot. I've never meant it more <laughs> than this moment right now. It, you, that's what it is, fair. Usually we say that because the first one is fine as it is. Yeah. Yes. And, and you just don't need a second And one. you just don't need... It doesn't set itself up for a sequel. It has no need for it. This one shouldn't be made on moral grounds. <laughs> yeah. We were done with the first one. Everything it needed to do... It failed at, but it still yeah. did something, and it's like we're done here. There's nothing else that needs to be done. So I don't know what the pitch is gonna be like that in any way makes a Paul Blart movie. Mm. <laughs> and I think it's one of those writing challenges. You know, it's like yes. Um, how do you how do you make a good movie that is also a, a Paul, Paul Blart, Blart movie? Yeah. Make a I don't sh- know if I've done that. But, mm. Worst things like make make a film that's better. But also hopefully satisfies the uh, the demographic. It's like the idiots. Ah! Good luck. The people we look down on. The Paul Blart yes. fans. Yeah. So people I, Kevin James looks down on. Yeah. The Paul Blart fans. Himself. <laughs> looks into America and says, I'm gonna wreck you up today, son. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, really difficult. I don't know what you're gonna do, Jack. I don't envy you, so I'm very curious. Yay. Let's get into that in a moment. Today's episode is sponsored by Athletic Greens. You could start taking AG1 because you don't have prep time, you want better gut health, you want more energy or optimized immune system. Thankfully, it doesn't taste like a super healthy. You know, that kind of greeny, kale kind of taste. It actually has a mild tropical taste that you can actually look forward to each morning. So what is AG1? With one delicious scoop, you're absorbing 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, whole food sourced superfoods, probiotics, and adaptogens to help you start your day right. This special blend of ingredients supports your gut health, your nervous system, your immune system, your energy, recovery, focus, and aging. That's basically all of the things. AG1 is a small microhabit with big benefits, supporting better sleep quality, and is cheaper than getting all of the $100 pre-day supplements separately. So right now is the time to reclaim your health and arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition with just one scoop in a cup of water every single day. No need for a million different pills and supplements to look out for your health, just AG1. To make it easy, Athletic Greens is giving our listeners a free one-year supply of the immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash emerging. Again, that's athleticgreens.com slash emerging. Take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. This week's episode is also sponsored by Audible. Audible has thousands of audiobooks, podcasts, comedy specials, guided meditations, and so much more. And we're here to enhance that fantastic service because you can listen to sequelizers on Audible. Mm-hmm. But if you go to audibletrial.com slash sequel, you actually get a free audiobook and a month trial of their fantastic service. Mm-hmm. And this week, I'm going to recommend Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas. Yeah, good show. Because I loathe <laughs> Paul Blart Mall Cop 2, and it's in Las Vegas. Of course, that is the book turned eventually turned into a film. Uh, the book originally written by Hunter S. Thompson, and on Audible, it is read by the incredibly, incredibly well-regarded voice actor, Ron McClarty. So if you'd like to join me and everyone else who is listening to this episode in some fear and loathing in Las Vegas, 
You can go to audibletrial.com slash sequel, get that or any audiobook of your choice for free. And as I said, an extra month of their fantastic service on top of that as well. So I need to fix this fucking movie. Yeah, but we have a couple of things to go through before we get there. So let's dive into Rotten Tomatoes, shall we, gentlemen? Yes. Give you a clue. Scores are not high. <laughs> how score, high 19. and or low are they is the question. And I have a third little extra thing for us here. Paul Blart Mall Cop 1 in 2009 has a runtime of one hour and 31 minutes. Matthew. Christ, is that all it is? Yes. Matthew, what do you think it is on the Tomatometer? And I'll give you a clue here. 117 critical reviews as of recording. Uh, people are dumb. 32. 32 from Matthew Stogden. Yep. Timothy. Even inverting that feels too high, uh, but. This is, this is critics, not public, isn't it? This is critics. I'm going to go lower. Okay. 25. 25 from Tim. Over to Las Vegas and the Wynn Hotel. Paul Black Moor Cop 2 from 2015, one hour and 34 minutes, so three minutes longer than its predecessor, despite feeling like an absolute hell every <laughs> single time I watch that movie. Yeah, it definitely feels longer because it's so muddled. Yep. It's two and a bit dark sides of the moon, Tim. That's yeah. how long it is. Um, 63 critical reviews, so about half. Mm-hmm. Just the just half that bothers Sharp from the first time around. Exactly. Have a guess, Matthew Stogden. 28. 28. So pretty close to the first Pretty one, much people are like, okay. same old thing. Nothing really changed here. to 28. Tim? I think, I think lower. Because I think, like I say, this one is so much more incompetent in terms of filmmaking. I'm going to say... What did I say? I said 25. You said 25. Let's go 10. Mm. 10 for the first one. My little extra one here. Mm-hmm. Yep. How much money did these movies oh, make? Oh, fuck. What is the worldwide domestic box office of Christ. Paul Blart 1, according to Box Office Mojo? I don't know why I have to say this. As at the time of recording, because you never know. Yeah. Hang so, on. Yeah. Worldwide or domestic? Worldwide. Okay, well, Which might as well I'll be the same thing. I'll give you a yeah. clue. Domestic it accounts for 80%. Yes. Yeah, 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 yeah. The rest yeah. is yeah, 20%. Not a big international, international market but, for the comedy stylings of Kevin James. Correct. <laughs> Do we get to know the budget? Uh, I can get you the budgets. Bear with me. Just to make us more fucking depressed. Yeah, yeah. It will It will upset us all. For you sure. might think to yourself, like, oh, it only made like 50 million. It's like, yeah, but it was on a budget of two. And you're like, yeah. Christ, it was a huge success. They're surprisingly expensive, I think. <laughs> Well, I'm well Kevin, about, Kevin James got to give himself a big paycheck. I, I'm expecting about a $30 million sort of thing. It's something like that. Yeah. yeah. Bear with me. On a bu- the first one is a budget of $26 million. There you go. Mm-hmm. What do we think the box office was? Uh, warranted a sequel. Yeah. People are dumb. 2009. Financial crisis has hit, but not in a huge way yet. People aren't just realizing how bad it's going to get. I'm going to say... Hmm... A hundred and forty million dollars. Hundred and forty million from Matthew. Uh, any ideas, Tim? Mm. Based on the, like I said, twenty-six I, million. I think less than that, but not by much. I'm gonna say one hundred and ten. Hundred and ten. Okay. How about PB two? Paul Blart Moore Cop two. 
on a budget of bear yeah. with me bear with me vegas and tax cuts so yeah, yeah. cheap uh, well the gross will be high <laughs> uh slightly higher 35 million dollar yeah, budget mm. how much money did paul blart dose make mm. less the answer is yeah. too too much obviously yeah yeah obviously that's a given 97 million dollars 97 for matthew 55. 55. I think a considerable drop-off. We do have a winner. Mm-hmm. But it's close. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, Matt, you said 32% on the tomatometer for Paul Blart 1. Sure. Tim, you said 25% mm-hmm. on the tomatometer. It's two. <laughs> it's higher than both of those. Oh, Get Christ. in the absolute fucking bin. <laughs> what? You're very close. It's 34 Fuck off! Oh. I thought I was being extremely generous. I thought you were being extremely generous as well. Oh, good God. Uh, with oh, an audience geez. score, unsurprisingly, higher than that. Yeah. Still, of 43%. That's lower than I thought the audience score True. would be, to be fair. So, something. Paul Blart Cop 2, however. Yeah. Tim, you are much closer. Oh. We're in single digits, gentlemen. Ooh. Wow. We're down to 6%. Yeah. Holy <laughs> Which shit. Which I think... Is about right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. For both of them, yeah. Yeah. Fucking hell. So, yeah. Wow. Aud- audience score, again, much higher. More similar to the first one with 33%. Mm. Bloody hell. From more than 25,000 reviews, yeah. more than a third of them said, eh, All right. six out of ten. Yeah. Slash best we've ever seen. Yeah. Again, if you are bothering to rate something on Rotten Tomatoes, you're probably you're more likely to be going, "Yes, I enjoyed this." Mm. Correct. Unless you're the or kind you're fire bombing of, it and hate it. Yeah, yeah. Or you or you passionately hate it. Yeah. For the for the box offices. Yeah. I tell you right now, you've undershot across oh, the board. Christ. What? Yeah. But Matt, you are closest on both because both mm. of your guesses were higher. So you have won this week. Congratulations. At what cost? <laughs> At the cost of $184 million. Fucking oh hell! For the first one. And $107 million for the second one. Humans should not be allowed to exist. Uh, you know what? The heat death of the sun can't come soon enough. That's what I thought. I mean, yeah, let people enjoy the things they enjoy, but also, God. Damn. So this was, they, they were both resounding huge successes. They made like quadruple their budgets. Yeah. I hate America. That we are definitely getting a third one. I hate, mm, Those, that kind of bank? We're definitely getting a third yeah, one. Yeah, I, I think it will be a straight to streaming Netflix. Yeah, we're going to get one. Though, but yeah. it will yeah, still probably. exist. Yeah. Good God. Anyway, here I am. Trying to make 180 million, eh, Jack? I'm not going to make 180 million. Maybe I will. Maybe Trying to get more than 6%, Jack. Yeah. How are you doing it? I'm still releasing it in 2015. Oh, interesting. Who fucking cares? <laughs> Be prepared for me to say that a lot. Who fucking cares? Didn't I say that fairly recently on an episode like, I, believe, I don't know, it just I'm, felt like it. Exactly, yeah. Yeah, okay. Um, as is tradition for me on this season, I have a selection of titles for you, Dave. Oh, okay, cool. Um, Blow part. Yeah, none of them, funnily enough, are Paul Blart Mall Cop 2. Are they all puns, Jack? Yes, they are. Okay, um, okay. And <laughs> it occurred to me, again, the, the guys on Till Death Do Us Blart, like six or seven years into this podcast, one of them has the realisation of like, 
Paul Blart Mall Cop sounds like it's a pun or a joke. It sounds like they should... Paul Blart is a name that sounds like it should rhyme with something. Yeah. But it's just a man's name and his job title. Paul Blart Golf Cart. Yeah. Yeah. It should be Paul Blart Mall Cop or something like that yeah, that yeah. actually works as a... Oh, or it's Paul, a funny title. Paul Blart Mall Fart. Yeah. <laughs> it's just a statement of the man's name and yes. the job title. Yeah. So I refuse to do that because it's the least funny thing you can do. Sure. Yeah. No fucking subtitles. They don't even do fucking subtitles. Breaks my blood. You see where we're going with this. Um, Jesus. I have three of my own Christ. and then a suggestion from my wife. Okay. Okay. With such wife, fuck off. Pretty much. <laughs> okay, I'm ready, um, I'm ready, I'm ready. Total eclipse of the blood. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking hell. Home is where the blood is. Uh, my blood will go on. <laughs> I got one laugh from Tim, I'll tell you that. Uh, Shaking heads from Matt. I can't. And Emma's suggestion, which is more cop, blood duh, which I thought was kind of fucking genius. I, I can't like that I, one. Yeah, that That's one, my pick. Yeah. That's good. She was like, oh, what's the one with Charlie Sheen? And I was like, what? What the fuck are you talking about? And she was like, it's like, it, blood duh. And she just yeah. shouted blood duh across the living room. I mean, <laughs> no, like, that's good. Hot oh shots, blood duh. More, more cop, cop blood yeah. duh is fucking genius. Because yeah. for those of you who don't know, Hot Shots Part Duh is basically a Rambo parody. Yeah. In this, not in the same way, but in the same way, Paul <laughs> Blart 1 is a Die Hard parody. Yeah. Sort and the, of. the reference is so old, it just about works. That's yeah. A, that's it's a yeah, thing Kevin James might actually write. Go with yeah. that. Go so with that. More yeah. Cop Blart Duh. Terrible. It's my yeah. Brilliant. Which I fucking hate. No, no, that's but awful. It's genius. And it fits. Yep. Uh, returning cast. I'll get to my director in a second. I'll save my director. Kevin James. No. <laughs> Fred Durst. Absolutely. No. I'm, maybe. I'm, I would love it to be Fred Durst. Uh, returning cast, Kevin James as Paul Blart, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. Uh, Rainy Rodriguez as Maya Blart. Jamie Mays as Amy Blart. Shirley Knight as Margaret Blart. And Pete Garetti as Chief Brooks. Bringing back more from the first film. Correct. Yes. Okay. Presumably Amy doesn't leave him... <laughs> Six days after the... <laughs> we'll get to that, but yes. We'll get yeah. to see it this time. Yeah. yeah. We'll get to see her uncontrollable vomiting. <laughs> oh, 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 oh. Uh, yeah. So, fun fact. The reason she is written out of that is because she went and did Glee. Yes. I knew, I knew her <laughs> yeah. from And they were like, oh, we'll bring you back. And she's like, can't do that. I was like, ah, we'll have to hmm. make you leave him in the most humiliating way possible then. Yeah. I guess. Because that's Kevin James's kink. <laughs> I'm worried that everything in these films is Kevin James's kink, but here we are. Uh, mm. New cast. Like I said, I'll save my director for the end. Uh, a character of Scott is played by SNL's own Pete Davidson. Oh, interesting. Suddenly, I'm actually quite interested. This could yeah. be so, good. Like I said, you will probably know him from Saturday Night Live. He's still in Saturday Night Live. No, no he's just he's left. Just he left. just left. Okay, just left. he's just left. Um, he he had been in it a year or so at this point. He started in 2014. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's, well, he's like Sandler. He was like the one of the youngest and Eddie yes, Murphy was the youngest yeah, he's, to be recruited or whatever. He's like 21, 22 in this. Yeah, yeah at that yeah. time. Blah blah blah. Um, also the lead role in The King of Staten Island. Mm-hmm. He's from mm-hmm. New York. If that makes sense. Yeah. Um, fine movie. Fine. Um, also famous as Kim Kardashian's boyfriend at the moment, which is Fucking... weird. Yeah. Also dated Ariana Grande and a bunch yeah. of Kate Beckinsale. The, I think the origin like... of the phrase "big dick in big dick energy." Correct. Yeah. yeah. He's such a this weird odd, this individual, weird looking dude, just dating some of the most beautiful women across the planet for some reason. Did, did he date like 
Kate Beckinsale. Yes, Kate Beckinsale. Yeah. Yes, yeah. He, he also and Ariana stole, Grande and Kim Kardashian. Yeah, he stole Lorne Michaels' uh, Rothko painting. Yes, <laughs> he did. He's a... I kind he's got of like him, and I don't know why, but yeah. Mm. Anyway, carry on. He's got chaotic energy. Yes, he does. Um, in the role of Joker, pretty much. Uh, in the role of Casey, I have Emma Roberts. Oh, you okay. may know as Jill Roberts, no relation because that's a character name. Uh, in Scream Four in 2011, yep, yeah. mm-hmm. uh, she's also the daughter in We're the Millers in 2013. Mm-hmm. This is kind of coming off the back of that. Uh, she goes on to be in a, a few other things. Not been very good recently. But she was fine back then. American Horror know. Story, she was huge, wasn't she? Yes, yeah. which is around this sort of time as yes. well. Yep. She's Eric Roberts' daughter. Yep. And, and Julie Roberts'. Julie Roberts' niece. niece. Yeah. Yeah. That's one of those like typical Hollywood. She uh, was in uh, a Nancy Drew. She's Nancy remake. Drew in Nancy yeah. Drew. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Which I think is 20, 2008, something like something that. Something like that. that sort yeah, of sure. Time. Um, the character of Luis is played by Michael Mando. Name rings about I don't know that. Uh, he's Vaz in Far Cry 3 in there 2012. There we go. He's right. Vic in Orphan Black in 2013, yeah. 2014. And most recently, he's in Better Call Saul. He's Nacho in Better Call Saul. Bringing a lot of chaotic energy to this. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and rounding out my new cast, I have a character called Miguel, played by Michael Pena. Yay! Who you may know from. Shit, nice. Uh, he's Daniel in Crash way back in 2004. Yeah. Uh, he's in Observer Report. Some, <laughs> he is. Uh, that might have been the influence. Um, oh. <laughs> not the character, but like, oh, uh, yeah, it'll work. Mm. Um, he is uh, Zavala in End of Watch but in 2012, so a few years before mm. this. One of the lead characters in that. He's Cesar Chavez in Cesar Chavez the year before this in 2014. Mm. And this is also the year he is the character of Louise in Ant-Man, which also comes out in 2015. Yep. I'm not a crossover, are you? No, no, he's called Miguel. The other character oh, is called Louise. That's right. Yeah. I was like, I've gotten from Cruise from over there. No. Or- Louise is played by Michael Mando. I Miguel love the idea is played by that Michael Paul Blart exists in the MCU. <laughs> <laughs> that would be that would be worrying. Uh, Goddamn. To my director, uh, I don't know how you guys are going to feel about this. He's one of the crew. I'm going with Ben Stiller, who directed Zoolander in 2001. Oh yeah, yeah. Ben yeah. Tropic, yeah, Tropic Thunder in 2008. Mm. He's coming off the Secret Life of Walter Mitty in 2013, mm-hmm. and we'll go on to, and this is where we get to the Blart stuff, where he's going to do terrible movies. Zoolander 2 next year, in yeah. 2016. Yeah. That's on the list. On yeah, the list, it's yeah. absolutely on the list. Interesting. My other pick, interesting enough, yeah. uh, when I initially, very initially wrote this like three weeks ago, whatever it was, um, was Chris Columbus. Oh, okay, yeah. Who did a, a known for like Home Alone and a mm-hmm. bunch of other stuff. Also mm. a Harry Potter movie. Has <laughs> uh, done a bunch of stuff and well-known in comedy and stuff like that. But I settled mm. on Ben Stiller kind of the the happy madison collective no no i get that yeah the, the, for, those for some reason when you said ben stiller my brain served up ben affleck oh and i was like i know he directs <laughs> but no that's no no bold. that's not what jack said <laughs> so uh I'm, I'm remaking argo with paul Blatt. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that kind of unfortunately works. feels kind of works um the only option i would bounce around is is rawson fucking marshall thurber who did Dodgeball. Mm. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. And we're the middle of enough. enough. Yep. Um, yep. But to be fair, Ben Stiller, yeah, I could see him doing that Can quite well. Can do funny stuff. It, if again, sometimes. Tropic Thunder is well directed. Yeah. It's actually yep. very meta and very I good. I didn't so. know he directed Tropic Thunder for years afterwards. Yeah, yeah. Until I got it on DVD and I actually looked like, when, whoa, 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 he directed mm. It didn't even occur to me that he was a director. Yes. And I was like, wait a minute, what else did he do? And realized that he obviously did Zoolander 1. 
mm-hmm. cable guy back in 96. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I was yeah, like, yeah. fucking hell. Mm. Yeah. Uh, weird he's career of Benson. Benson's a weird, weird dude. Again, he's, he's Jerry Again. Stiller's son. But buddies with Adam Sandler yeah. and Kevin James. No, and that I, whole I see the logic. So. It makes yeah. complete sense. Man. Yeah. <sighs> Are we ready? Yes. Okay. Paul Blart is standing, saluting, staring at the camera. Imagine the American flag. Oh, I can see it. Yeah. As we pan out, we see Chief Brooks standing at a podium, describing some of the biggest events of the mall in recent history, including some D-list country music stars, the kind of music people who enjoy Paul Blart probably listen to. (laughs) Sure. I've written that in there. And of course, the events of the first film and the heroism of Paul Blart. Brooks winds down his speech and confirms his retirement as Chief of Security of West Orange Pavilion Mall. He announces his replacement and new chief, Paul Blart. (laughs) Dear God. Paul rides onto the stage on his Segway because of course he does. He apparently can't walk up a disabled ramp because it's vaguely offensive and proceeds to cry (laughs) during his impassioned acceptance speech. It's like an ugly cry. It makes everyone feel kind of uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. Not the triumphant speech of the actual sequel. He attempts to end his speech on an emotional note, but his hypoglycemia kicks in and he crashes through the podium and off the stage, embarrassing everyone around him. As people rush to help Paul, we see Maya, Margaret, and a heavily pregnant Amy, and their 18-month-old son, Paul Jr., or aka Paulie Jr. So far, this is very... Um, sounds really insulting to say it's I've, very have, I've, had a, I've had a big man <clears throat> fall over, Matt. I don't know mm. what more you want. That's what I'm saying. I think this, this works so far as a Paul Blart film. Yeah. I mean, I don't want to cut myself but i can see this fitting so yeah good good Mm. similar to the opening of the first film we see cadets on a training course in the new jersey police training academy maya now 21 years old is in her first month sorry final month of training along with her fellow classmate scott a recent transfer to the new jersey academy so there's the she's not going to ucla in this one she's gone into the police no that makes sense yeah yeah scott is a cocky but charming new york cadet weird quirky Chaotic energy. Oh, I get yeah. that, yeah. Pete Davidson. Yeah. <laughs> Rip, 23 year old Pete Davidson. Ripping Staten Island yeah. as he loves to do. Pretty much. I once stole a cop's gun and I thought I could do this. That's exactly yeah, it. Yeah. That's yeah. exactly it. He exchanges bars with Maya as they complete the training course neck and neck. A recently qualified female officer, Casey, arrives and announces that some of the cadets will be going on a patrol with her today. That's Emma Roberts' character, who mm. is three or four years older than them. And yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. She picks Maya, Scott, and one other cadet. That fucker don't get named. Unnamed random cadet. I'm going to call him Jack. Oh. <laughs> I'm going to call him Kevin James. <laughs> <laughs> this is the Ben Stiller cameo playing a 20-year-old. <laughs> I mean, maybe, yeah. Oh, God. Scott and Casey clearly have some history, having dated in the past, but Casey seems to admire Maya's tenacity. Mm. Scott is trying to date the older woman, as is his prerogative in life, <laughs> apparently. No, that, that fits. Rocking that big dick energy like Pete <laughs> Davidson. Did. This is decent so far, dude. Mm. Chief Blart. <laughs> Wearing a sheriff's badge with chief on it, of course, is yep. cruising around the mall, doling out petty justice on his segue. So as is his style. Yeah. Yep. Uh, he spots a lost kid and gives him a ride to help find his mum. As the kid leaves, he waves at Paul to thank him. But Paul misinterprets it and steals his ice cream. Because <laughs> he doesn't know how to interact with humans. Yep. You know what? The, yeah. The tracks. Uh, the mum, switching from thankful to horrified, leaves quickly. From Casey's police car, Maya excitedly texts her dad to let him know she's going out on her first patrol. In a jewellery store, 
we see two masked men holding up the, the cashiers at gunpoint, arguing with each other about what to steal first. As the disorganised criminals bicker, revealing their first names as Luis and Miguel, one of the cashiers hits an emergency button beneath their desk. As Maya finishes sending her text to her dad, Casey gets a call on her radio about the nearest nearby robbery. Casey turns on her siren and lights and speeds off towards the crime. Meanwhile, <laughs> in the Bat Cave, or the, the Blart Cave, if you will. <laughs> the Blart Blair. <sighs> the Blartmobile is probably a thing. Paul and his team are providing security for a goat judging contest in the mall. <laughs> yep. Yep. I don't know what they're judging them on. I mean, most horns. Best, best goat. Best if, goat. If you changed this to from New Jersey to Ireland, <laughs> it still works. Paul Blart. <laughs> Paul Blart Markov. Kiss, kiss the Blarty stone. <laughs> oh my God. You missed the trick, mate. Yep. Goes to Boston. <laughs> Paul gets distracted as he receives Maya's text, and one of the goats escapes. It's the biggest, meanest-looking goat, because of course it is. Black Philip. Yeah. Just... <laughs> you nailed it. Uh, we're bringing... Would thou like the taste of Blart? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Chief Blart scrambles to grab it, misses, and then vows to saving the day, giving chase on his segue. We transition back to Casey, Maya, and Scott, pulling up outside the jewellery store. Scott is determined he'll be the hero and leaps out of the car. Casey scorns him and gives the cadets bulletproof vests as a precaution. He flanks each side of the front door and calls out for the criminals to surrender. Surprised, Louisa and Miguel scramble and accidentally fire a shot through a window. Casey calls into her department for backup and warns the cadets to go back in the car for safety. Inside, Louise shouts at Miguel for shooting his gun and suggests that they need to leave before the backup arrives. As the camera pans out from the jewellery store, we hear distant shouting and noises approaching. As Scott gets out of the car, Maya turns and shouts, Dad? As the goat crashes into Scott and the police car with Paul not far behind. Which is how like to live deliciously. <laughs> and then the goat fucks off a bit. I presume he's riding on his Segway. He's on his Segway, yeah, of course. Yeah. It's, a, it's not quite the prototype Segway, but it's like a road. Have we, have we seen him not on a Segway so far? <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to my film, Tim. <laughs> I love the idea that he's actually glued to the Segway and he can't get off. Pretty much is for most. <laughs> oh wow! The Welcome to Paul Blart, everybody. The crash and Maya's dad's arrival distract Casey momentarily enough for Luis and Miguel to get on their motorbikes, ah, an actual engine vehicle, their bikers, and ride away. Paul starts chatting with Maya, not understanding the situation around him, and Maya tries to explain that she's a little busy. Casey gets in the car and begins pursuit of the criminals, and coincidentally, the goat. Paul is still talking to Maya through the car window and hangs on for dear life as his segue is dragged along by the police car. We forget to mention that at one point there is a, a chase in the first film. Yep. And he jumps from a truck to another truck, basically. Misses. Yep. And just sort of walks it off rather than yeah. being dead. I, I talk about that in my pitch at the moment. The, oh, amazing. <laughs> the, the unkillable Paul Blart. Yeah. I think I described him as indestructible in a moment. Yeah. <laughs> Did you call me Blob? <laughs> Did you call me Blart? <laughs> crossover with fucking Wolverine. Yeah. Oh. I, I just expect there to be a crossover because it's Jack. Mulcop Mul Origins no. Blart. <laughs> a hilarious and action-packed chase ensues between the bikers, the goat, Casey's police car, and Paul hanging off the side of the car. Like most Kevin James jokes and films, it goes on for a bit too long. <laughs> and it's sort of funny at first, but you, if you completely switch off your brain, close your eyes, and mute the sound. <laughs> That's all written in there. That's literally what. Yeah. Anyway, 
they smash through a bunch of stuff, and Paul eventually lets go of the car, riding his Segway at l- ludicrous speeds. Like a, anything smash sp- through? Like a speed boost. Any of them a dog? Sure. <laughs> Murdering dogs as he goes. Fuck it all. Oh, no, a dog shelter. <laughs> He's like, oh no, there's a dog, and he swerves to kill it. <laughs> Gotta get that goat. <laughs> Uh, the bikers manage to weave down some alleys and escape as Paul's Segway eventually breaks and he crashes, causing Maya to insist they stop and help him. Casey is frustrated but decides to help Paul. As Maya tends to her injured dad, Paul Blart is indestructible, he's not injured. There you go. Uh, they act like he's injured, but yeah. we all know he's not. Yep, he's yeah. Paul Blart. Uh, I'm picturing uh, uh, him like going over a ramp into some wet cement or 100%. something. 100%. Yeah. They're like the, the wheels of the thing gets the segue gets stuck and he goes flying over the top yes like, yeah exactly yeah exactly so yes as they're tending to the the, the uninjured the paul indestructible blart, paul blart yes mm-hmm. the mildly embarrassed paul blart uh scott tells casey that he wrote down the license plates for the motorcycles actually doing cop work yep uh now escaped Luis and miguel pause for a moment uh for a phone call to their boss and they confirm that everything went according to plan except it didn't because they accidentally shot out a window and got into it. <laughs> unless it did. Either that's the plan or they're covering for themselves. Yeah. We'll never know. Later at dinner, Paul is telling Amy and Margaret about his crazy day with the goat chase, constantly cutting Maya off as she is trying to tell her far more interesting side of the story. Because mm. that's what Paul does. The next day, Casey is tracking down the license plates on the police computer system and they find out that the bikes come from a chop shop nearby. They learn the address and the name of the shop. Chuck's Trucks. <laughs> Chuck's Trucks, fucking hell. Do Chuck's Trucks have truck nuts? You bet your ass they do, Tim. My name's Chuck's Nuts, and I came to truck, truck. nuts, and I'm all <laughs> out of nuts. Casey takes Meyer and Scott with her to check out Chuck's Trucks with Chuck's Nuts. Trucks. <laughs> they arrive and see Louisa Miguel's motorbikes in one of the garages. They enter into one of the garages, searching for the thieves, but it looks mostly empty. An off-screen voice asks, Can I help you, officers? And the camera moves to show the proprietor of Chuck's <laughs> Trucks, played by Adam Sandler. <laughs> That's fine. That literally works. Yeah. He asks again if he can help them as Louisa Miguel appear from the shadows, guns pointed at the officers. Chuck ties up his new hostages and begins questioning him. After a few seemingly normal questions about their identities, Chuck explodes in rage. I mean, yeah, that's fucking Adam Sandler. <laughs> Adam Sandler. And takes Maya's phone. He calls someone, puts it to Maya's ear and tells her to ask her dad to pick her up. Paul answers the phone and Maya is calm at first, but shouts for her dad to save her before Chuck cuts her off. <laughs> Fucking hell. No, cuts, cuts her, her head off. off. <laughs> before Chuck cuts her off and smashes her phone. Chuck tells his men to prepare for Blart's arrival. <laughs> how, how do you prepare for Paul Blart's arrival? Excellent question. A lot of coffee yep. and patience <laughs> and maybe a gun. And insulin. Melting, yes. melting ice creams and you make sure you put ramps over all the steps. Yeah. Oh, I meant just to absorb the movies, but sure, yeah. Have no <laughs> ramp access and you'll be fine. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's, a, it's a listed building. There's no No, it's like Daleks. He just goes, ah, 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 and just rises <laughs> off the ground. It's like a jetpack. Like yeah. fucking Robocop 2. He, Paul Blart's Segway was built to fly. It was always <laughs> meant to fly. <laughs> Blart springs to action and recruits his best security guards to accompany him and uh, to save his daughter. Probably the same stand-up comedians who were his friends. Very much so, yeah. yeah. It's, it's Kevin James's mates. Yep. yep. They suit up with stun guns and an assortment of non-lethal equipment. Money. <laughs> <laughs> and head out on their super segways. There you go. They've got this, all got the souped-up segways. Yeah. 
some crap 80s rock song that Kevin James unironically enjoys plays in the background. He's listed to fucking like Van Halen unironically or some yeah, some yeah, band yeah. that sounds like Van Halen. You're like, oh, is that Van Halen? It's not. No. It's some other band you've never heard of. Some imitation Kevin James bullshit. Is like, they're the fucking best, man. Yeah. Oh, fucking you... Scorpions or something. Yeah. yeah. Some, oh, yeah. some knockoff of Scorpions. Paul Blart enters the garage alone. Chuck applauds his arrival and says what an honour it is to finally meet the Paul Blart. He knows who Paul is, but Paul has no idea who he is. Beck, Kent, they work for him. He has been the author of all of Paul's pain. The same year as Spectre, ladies and gentlemen. Oh, I'm, doing, God, I'm doing a Spectre. He's Charlie. Paul's separated at birth, brother. <laughs> He's Chuck Blart, oh ladies and God. gentlemen. Paul doesn't believe him, but has flashbacks to their very young childhood where Charlie, with Charlie, where Paul was fat and Charlie was a bully. Basically, he had PTSD and Charlie was so troublesome that Margaret gave him up as a kid and kept Paul. And Chuck has resented him ever since. <laughs> Fucking hell. Charlie tries to bully Paul, but Maya stands up for her dad, talking about how successful he's been, how he has a loving family, while Chuck is bitter and lonely. This is the same year as Spectre. Yeah. Okay. 2015, same year as Spectre. I mean, he is the author of All Your Pain. Goldmember had already done it, so yeah. yeah it's yeah. fine. This sends Chuck into a rage and he punches Paul. A big slow motion bullshit fight breaks out between <laughs> Chuck and Paul's men. They all suddenly explode. Like, oh, yeah. Segways are suddenly action yeah. vehicles and they burst through the doors oh. and a bunch of bullshit. poorly shot action nonsense. <laughs> Casey, Maya, and Scott are able to escape their bonds, eventually teaming up to take out Luis and My uh, Miguel. And Michael. And Michael. Michael Knight. Sorry, Luis and Miguel. After a grueling and also kind of pathetic fight. Because they're old, like, old 45-year-old yeah. blokes just punching each other. I mean, I think they're 50. They're 50 by this yeah. point. They're both in their mm. mid-50s now. So. Yeah, yeah. Chuck has the upper hand, but Paul's hyperglycemia kicks in. And he collapses. Just like the first movie. But he doesn't fake but, it this time. Ah, is it's it real. actually real? Yeah. Pinning Chuck to the floor. Paul's like, nearly knocks him out, and then he just kind of collapses. And Boom, flops he's, he's a fat guy, you see. Yeah. I don't know if I made that clear. Uh, Kevin James is a heavy man. He's a, he's a heavy. He, he's a man of heroic stature. He's, indeed. Yeah. As, a, as am I. That was, that was what was said to Jack on his stag do by a dude throwing axes, and I thought to myself, I love that fucking person. Yeah. <laughs> a man of heroic stature like myself. I thought, that I'll, is a good I'll, description. I'll yeah. But that guy was like a foot and a half shorter than me. He was smaller. <laughs> he was wider than me, but shorter than me. He was. Heroic in the way that Gimli is a hero. <laughs> He's a hero. <laughs> yeah. Paul's crew wins, and Chuck, Luis, Miguel, etc. are arrested. Maya revives her dad with an emergency pixie dust pack. He keeps in his back. Um, he does that a bunch in the first he movie. He does, I know, yeah. Just like, yeah, let's ride. And just goes, and just like, chugs, gets coked up on it. Yeah, yeah. just cokes sherbet. up on pixie dust. Yeah. Which is sherbet for Brits. Yes. Yeah. In his pocket. And they celebrate, reunited. In our final montage, we see Charlie behind bars, Maya and Scott's graduation, and the birth of Paul and Amy's son, also Paulie Jr.? Yep. Second Paulie Jr. Okay. Because Paul Blatt's a fucking idiot. <laughs> Uh, and end on a photo of the whole Blart family. Both little Paulies. Big Paul. <laughs> so I originally had, I kept uh, the death of Margaret and had a daughter named Margaret. And I thought, that's too actually heartfelt. I'm yes. just going to do Paulie Jr. too. <laughs> no, I, that, I, again, it shouldn't. Okay. Let's talk about this. 
So, Jack. Hello. Weirdly enough, this pitch felt really short. Yes. But... The movies are 90 minutes long. That's yeah. what I'm saying. But the thing is... And also, like, chase the, happens. And what's like, the thing I'm saying? I, I think the truth is that if you were to discover... I mean, we were very long in discovering the synopsis. We were outraged. <laughs> but the actual plot is just a really shitty skeleton for these dumb, drawn-out jokes. Yes. So that kind of makes sense. That's mm. the whole point, um, yeah. So I can't... I can't um, <clears throat> Imagine every joke that I mentioned there goes on for, like, six or yeah, seven no, minutes. <laughs> I, can't, I can't fault you for that. That makes sense. Um, I also think this is obviously an improvement mm. and it yet could, it couldn't be worse no no but it still fits the tone of these it's like saying like oh, i'm gonna do a police academy films like well, you have to make a police academy films. i can't just go off and make my own thing yeah i mean we talk about this in the nature of the the remit in inverted commas of sequelizing what we're trying to do here you know improving it do a different take mm. whatever it happens to be something that might be better in the honor of the original making things doing a different blah blah blah, blah all these different bits and pieces um, but there are certain confines of this still needed to get made. This still yeah. needed to be a, some, a thing that would, you know... Produced by Adam Sandler, co-written or yeah. whatever it is yeah. by Kevin James. Ignore the fact that I'm writing this one, obviously. No, no, yeah. And this fits. I yeah. Mean, it's so hard to critique it in a normal way because <laughs> it's not a normal pitch. Can we, can we recast Kevin James? Get rid of him. <laughs> He's unfunny. Like, yeah. I, but yeah, the the the, the daughter going into to the police academy, the mm. sort of bumbling sort of stuff that going on, and that, the host the high side of their back that links into the first film, it makes more sense. It feels like actual connective tissue. I part of me thinks that if this actually, if they actually were like, okay, this is the script we're going to start, we're going to work on the pitch, there would be some bullshit at the end because of this weird self-loathing that we have discussed in the yeah. Kevin James things, where yeah. he's like he the daughter would like give up on being a police officer to become a mall cop to follow in her dad's footsteps i had that thought because yeah because it's like well she can't actually be better than me can she that's the thing is it's the resentment factor where where, you know if she she can't be the thing he cannot be yeah um but yeah no i thought i mean he actively turns down the police offer at the end of the first movie doesn't yes yeah yeah uh, yeah, mm. I generally had that thought of her like yeah. yeah going through the academy and succeeding yeah but then deciding like yeah now I've got the training I'm gonna go work in a mall and yeah because like, yeah. who'd want the better wage and benefits of being you know yeah. a police officer yeah mm-hmm. no I think I think you have nailed the thing of trying to make a Paul Blart movie while <laughs> also making it a better movie which is an incredibly difficult balance that's act. the thing yeah um <coughs> I think. I can't imagine Adam Sandler actually playing an out-and-out villain. Not that he's particularly villainous in this. I feel like there would probably be another, like, put a, put a kind of insert a third act mm. part where he gets redeemed. Oh, sure, and, yeah. and ends up, they end up being, like, brothers or something. I, I did have that thought as well. One, mm-hmm. one of the versions of one of my endings was, mm. like, he arranges this whole thing and this whole heist and all this bullshit. And he's just like, Paul, you're my brother. And he's like, oh, I have a brother? Mm-hmm. Yay! Mm-hmm. And they're all like geared up, guns pointed everywhere, and they yeah, end up yeah, just yeah. like hugging and chatting and stuff and just being, oh my God, I had no idea mm. what happened to you. Remember dad mm. and blah, blah, blah. Like, I never talk about his dad, by the way. I assume Kevin James has serious dad issues. Um, mm. I was like, oh, it could be like his half brother with his dad or something. I was like, they don't talk about his, his dad. His dad died. They talk about him dying. Yeah. Yeah. At some point. I'm like, okay. 
Well, that's, that's a bit weird. It's interesting because, I mean, Tim's right. Sandler very rarely plays unsympathetic characters, even though they are quite unsympathetic in certain capacities. He plays a hero, unless it's Uncut Gems. Um, before Uncut Gems. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I'm not looking for the same yes. energy <laughs> performance. No. But that being said, I actually agree. I think you could do a spin with it where Sandler is villainous, but... I think the energy I'm getting from this is more Sam Rockwell in Iron Man 2. Kind of, yeah. Where mm. he's like weirdly charming. Yeah. And mm. when, you know, whenever Sandler flies into a rage, it's almost laughable. I'm yeah. never actually worried that Adam Sandler's going to actually hurt anybody. No. Oh, no. no. He's just that, screaming that, all the time. That's the vibe I want to go for. Yeah. 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 He's not like screaming in Maya's face and she's intimidated. No. He's shouting and it's like, mm, mate, like yeah. Out. It's not, not Joe Pesci and Goodfellas. It's Joe Pesci and Lethal Weapon Three. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So same sort of energy, yeah. but yeah. in a way that's po- like possibly huh. even Joe Pesci in Home Alone. <laughs> there you go. There yeah, you go. That's, that's go. a good one. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um. So yeah, I can see that working. And again, I think there could be a nice little redemption thing at the end where he comes to visit him in prison. Mm. Um. And he's like rehabilitating, but I, they're also competing I, I in the same it. sort of brotherly similar Tim's way. Got it. Let's go. Let's go. So. We have we have the, the, the exactly the ending that we've got. Paul gets revived with the pixie sticks, gets back up onto his feet. The police show up and start arresting everyone. At that moment, the goat shows up and charges straight towards Paul. But Charlie dives in the way, way oh, and takes the takes the hit for it. it. I lit. I had a version of that with the bullet, but the goat is <laughs> that's it. Tim. Nah, that that's is it. the Kevin James bullshit we no, need. That right is now. it, Tim. Yeah. That is majestic. I don't know if it's really good or bad that you came to that conclusion, Tim. But, <laughs> <laughs> but that is that is absolutely it. That's a great. We're doing it. That is one hundred percent. Yeah, because again, every time I think it's like that's it's, really it's stupid. The goat like, they did it in fucking hot um, uh, hot fuzz, so yeah. it works. I mean, they fucking end Paul Blart two. Actual yeah. with him getting kicked by a horse. That is true. Yeah. That is true. Which would be death. Yes. Yes. Literal. John death. Wick kills people doing that. Yeah. 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 And it's fucking awesome. Oh, John Wick versus Paul Blart. <laughs> <laughs> the that ultimate assassin John, versus the unkillable man. John Wick yeah. on a Segway. Somehow Keanu Reeves makes it look cool for some yeah. reason. Like, how is this possible? The unstoppable first versus the immovable object. Yeah. <laughs> complete, complete segue, speaking of which. Um, just cause I, I remember there's a radio phone in when Nigel Farage was on LBC radio and it's like oh yeah I came to realise that you were right about everything <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's like, it was one thing that happened to me it was a really important moment in my life so oh, really what, what was that moment then I got kicked in the head by a horse yeah ah yeah. uh, oh, yes very uh, fun. Yeah. what a dickhead <laughs> but yes yeah so. I'm just picturing like that bit in uh, John Wick 3 where he's frantically putting the gun together in the antique shop. Oh, yeah. We inter- intercut with that, with Paul Blart making it like a really intricate sandwich. sandwich yeah. 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 Oh, Tim, you got to stop writing this I'm worryingly on a, on a level <laughs> with, a, with these fucking terrible <laughs> films. Yeah, I don't know. I don't, the fact it comes to you so unnaturally fast is what's yeah. alarming. Yeah. I've, I've been living with this for weeks, <laughs> and you're just like, goat and sandwich. I'm like, fuck's sake, Tim. It's genius. You've nailed it. You, you adopted the Blart. <laughs> <laughs> I light up a cigar quite in the background and said, get this man some money. <laughs> what for? Whatever the fuck he needs. Tim just says, I'm going to need a swimming pool. Like, God damn it, mate, him, you did it again. <laughs> Jesus uh, No, yeah, again, Jack, I think you were handed a, rid of a bit of a poison chalice with this one. I think you did a great job in making a film that, weirdly enough, I would have gone and watched and say, Paul Blart is a one out of five. This thing is a two out of five. 
It improved. I'll take it. God damn it. But the thing is, I don't insult you because you to do that punch up for this. That's the thing. Yeah, you've done a great job. I feel like I could have gone three different ways. Of course. Fuck you, Josh Miles, for picking this. I hate you. I'm not doing it. Of course. And that would kind of ruin the show a bit. Um, go full. I am making a Paul Blart movie, and don't do any of my like snarky commentary in there, and just do it like mm-hmm. this is a Paul Blart movie. Yeah. Or do it like deadly serious and take it in a completely different direction and do reinvent the film. It's completely not a Paul Blart movie. Mm. I feel like I'm somewhere in the middle of like this is definitely a Paul Blart movie, and I would not enjoy this film. <laughs> <laughs> but it is better than Paul Blart Mall Cop 2. Absolutely. That absolutely. film is the dirt and, worst. And really, in, in truth, the first one as well. And it syncs up with Dark Side of the Moon as well. So. Uh, that's all we <laughs> ask for. That's all we need. That's all we need. Uh, yeah, I think I think very, a very impressive um, uh, accomplishment <laughs> from a very, very daunting <laughs> yeah. task. And my, my final pitch of the season. Oh, yeah, it is. God, you're ep- clean out Episode now, yeah. 10 of season 10. Yeah. One of the worst films we've ever discussed. Ten episode, ten season, ten out of ten. Jack loved it. Yeah. Christ. Yeah. No, well, there good. we go. Good. Thank you, Josh. Also, fuck you, Josh, for Not picking yeah. Paul Blart Mall Cop Two for us to fix. Because, Christ. good lord, it was a it was a journey. Like I said, I've been on somewhat of a spiritual journey with this movie, so I guess I have to thank you in that way. You've yeah. Seen it. They are. Twice. They're gonna have to be like on best behavior. <laughs> For season the season and the and the next film they pick, I think. And I yeah, spoke yeah. to Josh a little while ago, and they said like, "Oh, I'm coming up with some ideas for season 11. Mm. and they threatened to torture as much as this one. And I said, "That's not possible." Yeah, that is not possible. I mean, little did Jack know that next week we were doing it to ourselves. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So- to to kind of transition and tease next week. As we said at the top of the show, according to these two mm. and other people, objective mm. other other consumers of people media with different film, vested interests, pe- exactly people who aren't just here to watch me suffer. <laughs> the film we're covering next week, the sequel we're doing next week, is worse than Paul Bartmore Cop, and I don't know how that's possible, but good lord, I'm going to find out. And we're gonna you're going gonna, gonna to have a commentary of Jack discovering why in real time. Yeah, good God, it's gonna. Like if I can just have Dark Side of the Moon in one he- headphone and the other in the other. No, area. no, you need to need the raw experience, the, both the visual and the oral oh. terrors that this film. Mm-hmm. Oh, I'm not looking forward to it. But you can look forward to that, listeners. If you please do stay subscribed and, and listen in to next week's episode and hear my apparent descent into madness. Even more so than this week's episode. And as we said, if you go to patreon.com slash equalizers, you support us at the bonus content tier or higher, which is the £10 tier, by the way, you will get movie commentaries for next week's episode. We've already done two movie commentaries already this season. Mm-hmm. You got some Star Trek, you got some Alien vs. Predator, and good lord, we're doing next week's thing, which is. Not like about either as, of those. Yeah, about as far as you <laughs> can like, get. Oh, yeah, sci fi and stuff. And they're like sci fi horror ish. And then whatever the fuck <laughs> this is going to be next week without Pure horror. <laughs> Pure horror. Um, so, yeah. Existential crisis. Now is a good time to jump on the Patreon if you're not already there because I'm going to go through literal psychological torch next week by the sounds of it. Yeah. And if you're listening to us on whatever podcast service or whatever, 
hey, we did Paul Blart 2 for you. Go give us a five-star rating. <laughs> yes, it's the least you can do. Yeah. And if you're in the Discord, please do thank Josh for their pick of Paul Blart more cartoon. <laughs> I had a lot of fun recording this episode just because I got so worked up. Yeah. And, mm-hmm. yeah, experiencing, discovering the, actually listening to the podcast till death to us, Blart, going through the dark side synchronization process and... Everything in between. You you have thrown yourself into the Very deep, much the so. deep end of Blart. When, <laughs> the crack of Blart. When I when I commit to something, I go full full research, full Jack mode. Do you yeah. know what that's called? Being autistic. Going Blart deep. A Blart deep. <laughs> Jesus mm. Christ. Full Blart. That's what you full, did. Never go full Blart. Never go full Blart. But I did. This week I went full Blart. So please do let me know what you thought of my fix of Paul Blart More Cop Two, aka. More cop blood, duh. <laughs> Which is maybe the that best. Is, that is one good. of the funniest things yeah, my wife please, has ever said. Please tell Emma that we would be <laughs> very pleased, pleased with yeah. that. Credit to Emma for that one for sure. Mm. And yeah, please do join us next week. We will be talking about a film that's somehow worse than this one. But until then, you can follow me on social media. I am JLW Chambers on basically everything. If you want to come and discuss uh, Dark Side of the Moon synchronizations with various movies of your choice uh, or. Paul Blart lore, please, please do. There's a severe <laughs> lack of it, by the way. I know when we do deep dives and stuff, Tim was like entrenched in the Mortal Kombat lore, and I know loads of like Star Trek stuff, and Matt knows Cithril Harry Potter crap. Yeah, Harry Potter crap and Riddick stuff for Tim. Yeah. Paul Blart's dad doesn't ever have a name ever, and it's never been spoken out loud. Paul. I assume it's Paul. It's Paul. That was kind of my joke with Paulie Jr. and second Paulie Jr. Mm. Paul the third. Yeah. There's Paul the third and Paul the fourth, I assume. Yeah. Uh but yes, Matthew, how can people follow you on the internet? Stogs, S T O G H Z on the social medias and things. You go to the red right hand uk to read my reviews. You can go to cheesement.com to see the things I make or alternatively you can go to the BBG wrestling channel and see uh my sumo coverage on sumo drop. Tim if you were to release a limited edition Segway, what would you call it, Tim? Um, I mean, I'd ca- I'd call it the Paul Blart Express, but, basically, uh, with with Tom Hanks's creepy face. Yes, <laughs> the, the, the Paul R Express. <laughs> <laughs> but you could you could see photos of me in action on on the Paul Blart Express <laughs> by checking out my Twitter account, which is trivia underscore lad. That's where I talk about films, comics, any other stuff that I'm interested in, uh, or just... uh, Mostly Paul Blart. Mostly, it's mostly Blart content. Uh, Occasionally, uh, some Zookeeper fanfic that I've written, but... um, Tim does the thing where he will uh, every day post up a number, and it's one of the many hairs in Paul Blart's (laughs) moustache. I don't think he's got the full amount yet, but he's getting there. Yeah. We'll get there eventually. It's a... Thick ass moustache, to say the least. Yeah, solid. And his top lip is sweating. Mm. On that note, thank you for listening, everybody. Once again, fuck you, Josh, for picking this movie. But thank you as well. I've, yeah. Like I said, I've, I've deep dived into it and been, been on a, a spiritual, existential, and painful journey through the world of blood. In the words of Vinnie Jones, it's been emotional. <laughs> <laughs> Good Lord. Well, thank you very much for listening, everybody. And we'll be back next week with something... Fucking terrible. Try again already. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.